How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Sorry about that. I, uh, my, my mother's throwing my wife a, a baby shower, so I had to take the uh, seats out of the minivan so she could uh, have some room for whatever whatever the the, uh, the take home is going to be. Well, congratulations! Thanks. Yeah, for the for the twins. So there might be might be a pretty good score for. Her. I've got a twin boy and girl. Oh, dude, that's what we're having. We're having yeah, we're boy having a boy and a girl. We got two boys downstairs that are ho- hopefully going to be good boys. Uh, but yeah. You'll probably see my twins coming through here all the time, Gibson and Shy, and they both like to pop up on the screen. I told them I only Very use audio cool. anyway, so <laughs> I don't know why they keep popping up. And, and my go. dogs. So when nice. are they? Nice. When do they do? Uh, late July, early August. Um, both both our boys were a week early, so I'm I'm assuming it'll you know we'll probably keep with the trend. But with twins, like they they say like all kinds of stuff. So we just gotta. All, all we care about is a healthy, you know, happy delivery. That's all. I think uh, my wife carried 38 weeks for twins, and they were born August 6th. Their birthday's coming Oh, wow. The, Our, the due date's August 11th, so that's cool. maybe maybe ours will be uh, yeah, yeah, the same. My wife's birthday was the day after they were born, so she turned 31 oh. after they were born. Oh, wow. Wow. How many kids you got total? Uh, three. My oldest is uh, 25. And then the twins about to be 13. Nice. Yeah. This is going to put us at four, four and done. <laughs> Almost done after the twins too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I told my wife when I met her, I said, you can have one. You got to trick me into two. Well, she got her twins and <laughs> <laughs> there, there'll be a handful. So, but you get oh, your first girl, right? Yep. Yep. My wife was excited about that. Cause like she kept saying, she said, well, I'm putting a bow on something. <laughs> so she luckily she didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's funny because we live in we live in the house that my uncle lived in, and he was a he was a, a bachelor his whole life. But he was the oldest of four boys, the four Kelly boys. And I thought for sure the fact that like we live in this house, history would find a way of repeating itself, and we would have two more boys. But luckily, to my wife's chagrin, that's that's not the case. So <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I say congratulations on, on the twins, and um, that's that's really cool. So uh, the way the way it works here is pretty simple. We're going to talk. Uh, I've got some of your music. We'll pull up and we'll play and listen to it. Uh, anything you want to talk about, anything going on, feel free to say it. Uh, there's no really rhyme or reason the way I do this. I just kind of sit there and have a conversation. We listen to music and, and talk music and life and everything in between. Sounds good to me. Right. So introduce yourself, Drew. Uh, my name is Drew. Uh, Drew Kelly. I'm from uh, up in Pennsylvania. I've uh, been writing songs for a little over 12 years now. Um, my background was uh, I was a baseball player my whole life. And uh, I was 20 years old. I was at a college uh, to play and uh, wasn't hitting the ball very well. So um, got cut. And then um, my my stories, I heard a, I heard a Bob Dylan song. Uh, yeah, it closed out the movie Jerry Maguire, actually. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I knew who Bob Dylan was and I knew his, his bit more famous songs, but, um, my dad, uh, is like a huge Dylan head. Like, you know, you got deadheads. My dad's a Dylan head. He's mm-hmm. my dad's seen Dylan 30 sometimes. He had all his CDs. And, uh, I remember I, I, remember I was 19 years old ever. Um, uh, and, uh, I was, I heard this song and, and it, it, it really grabbed at me and I was, it turned out to be a shelter from the storm, which is a, off blood on the tracks and and i got into it and i just immersed myself in bob dylan um 
that's why like i don't consider myself a fan of bob dylan because i did with bob dylan what bob dylan did with woody guthrie mm. so i don't know how you would chalk that up um uh so but i, I yeah bob bob taught me how to play and write and all that because that's a that's the thing is uh, when i first picked up a guitar i didn't i didn't really know what i was doing but as soon as i learned a few chords and i wrote a couple songs i started that's what i was doing i was uh writing songs and i was going out in the bars i had this you know i was doing the, i was doing what he was doing like the whole like uh making up uh, i had like a fake name i was laying on the streets with and you know playing all the folk places and then once it's you know i just yeah I've, eventually i uh i traveled a lot i met a lot of cool people i seen a lot of cool things and i kind of found my uh i like to think i have my own sound now um took me a long time and i you know i straightened myself out as a guitar player and uh, that's just where i'm at now is i uh, just uh i love writing i love the studio and uh my my favorite thing too is just at night on sleep and just pick up that telecaster and just noodle as many scales and uh, uh so i'm trying to get a band going actually for uh some summer dates and uh that's that's just that's where i'm at right now i'm just i'm just enjoying uh writing songs and um yeah yeah i'm a songwriter okay yeah and I, I love songwriter stuff i'm like i'm a songwriter myself and we listen to a lot of the same people like i grew up eagles are my big my big people that i love like influence wise i said listen to to them all day long but uh, i was listening to your stuff and it's funny because it's songwriting like listening to your voice before i could see who you are i had a picture of an older gentleman i'm like it's just it was like an older gentleman sitting there <laughs> playing music and listening and I like to hear, I like to be surprised on that stuff. I do. I mean, if I felt like for a second, I feel like I'm on the voice, but I'm sitting here listening to somebody. I turned around and, and it's true. So you, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, I take it as a compliment. Yeah. yeah. It's an old style. I mean, there's, I love old styles and I wish there was more of it that, but everybody's got their own um, style, their own niche that they do. And I think every, there's room for everybody in the music. And I like that. So now, um, did you do get do music full time or do you have other stuff you have to do? Um, I wish, um, I, um, I got a job. I work, uh, I work for a tire company. I'm kind of like a bouncy ball. I drive trucks, I scrap metal, I, I move tires, but, but, um, that's, that's, that keeps the lights on around here, so to speak. Um, um, I've had a, a habit throughout my quote unquote career, if you will, of disconnection where, um, when I was young, it was full time. I was playing out four or five nights a week. Uh, I was writing songs all the all over the place. You know, renting rooms here, renting rooms there. I didn't have any kids or anybody, so um, I could just go wherever I wanted to go, and, and and it was awesome. But I got to a point where I got burned out, uh, and I was 22, and I was I was trying to figure out what what am I doing in life, what's going on, and. Uh, it makes me cry all the Gibsons and Martins I've pawned over the years, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, but that's, that's what I do. And, and then, you know, I let years go by and bye, honey. Bye. Love you. My wife's on the way out the door there. Um, the boys are running up now. I've but, got the same thing going in the background of mine too. So I edit this down some, but it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't mind listening to family. I think it's funny because my kids are run here. All right. Um, but yeah, I, um, but so like I'd go, I'd go. Oh, say hi, say hi to uh, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hi. 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 Hi.
Hello. Hello. That's Hendrix. Hi, Hendrix. Hi. Jesse plays guitar too. Oh. Yeah, he likes. <laughs> he wants to play guitar, right? You want to play drums too? Make it loud. He made my drummer, and then my my two year olds downstairs. That's my bass player, and we wow. got a piano in the basement. They like banging around on that. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Could I have juice? Yeah, you can get a juice box. Yay. Yeah, but um, no, but that's like it, and you know, I got I got really into drinking and drugs when I was younger, and um, I had to uh, I had to figure out working jobs. Uh, you know, I've worked like all any kind of job you can think of, pretty much. And um, I remember, and then I got back into music uh, three years later. I was twenty six. I started playing again, and I was gonna I was gonna write, but I, um, you know, I, I got sober that year and it just i i don't know why like what like came over me as i woke up from playing a vfw drinking a bottle of gym and uh i said to myself could i go three days with no no cigarettes no grass no booze or anything and uh it just snowballed into six years and it was confusing for me because i lost like friends you know i got lonely bored i didn't know any other way of life i, I was the kind of guy that i'd clean the the glasses in my friend's bar just, just just to be able to drink so it was just it was really weird for me and then when i met michelle it all made sense is that my my psyche was preparing me for a woman like michelle and, and the kids and and um when when on our first date this is a, a cute little story it's why our, our second son's name is kale um uh she found out like you know, however she, you know, she's probably looking me up or whatever that, that <laughs> at one point I did music and, and she listened to my stuff and she liked a couple of my songs. And, um, she said, would you sing to me? She said, I always wanted somebody to sing to me. And I said, I said, yeah, I'll sing, I'll sing to you. And I'd, I'd send her like these little, like, this is like when we first started talking, I'd send her these little, like me singing Jim Croce or, or something through the phone. And, uh, she goes, no, I mean, like we play like on the guitar and sing. And I said, well, I don't even have a guitar. And she goes, oh, well, so our first date, we went out, we had a nice Mexican uh, lunch. And then we went to this music store where it was kind of cool. I just got my favorite guitar I ever bought uh, from there recently. That's, that's, but um, anyways, uh, I played this used guitar and I sang Magnolia, which is an awesome J.J. Kale song. Mm -hmm. And we had a moment. And even though it was our first date, we like fell in love. It's like one of those, you know, you know, deals. And um, that's why uh, our second son's name is Kale. Um, cause that's my biggest hero. He lived, um, he lived my dream. I'm not sure most people don't know who he is and that makes him happy too, but, um, that's what he wanted. But yeah, I love, um, I love JJ. I, 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 I rambled off. Uh, the point was that, yeah, I just, um, I had to, I had to make some changes in my life and, um, I, I got that guitar, uh, $200 Yamaha. They're, they're my favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, I swear by them. Uh, I got two of them right now that I love. And, um, I just, I just sang to her, I'd sing to her, like let her cry or whatever, like songs she liked. And then one day I randomly wrote this one song, uh, from a deep abyss, which was a title track of an album I put out last year. And, um, I started writing again, the song started coming and, and that's what I enjoy. Uh, Jesse, you know, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather stay home and write a song and not get paid than go and play, uh, uh, cover songs in a bar for three hours i just like right I'm, I'm blessed enough when i do play out i might play one or two covers a night and like stand by me and stuff like that because i like singing it but other than that yeah but 
I'll let you. I'll let you take the reins. <laughs> no, I, I like hearing stories and like. I don't talk I, to. I don't talk to people a lot, and, and, and <laughs> when I do, when I like you and I talk to you, I get to talk and I can't shut up. Hey, that's that's great. That's that makes for a good interview because we're start talking about you're gonna this show always go on tangents, and it, that's good. It's because we'll talk about life and things come up, and you'll mention something, and I'll think of it, and I'll mention something, and you'll think of it. And you talk about the Yamaha. My first guitar that I learned on was my grandfather's old guitar. He had an old Yamaha, like an old uh, just a nylon string classic guitar in there that I played on the neck, about as about like that thick. You know, it's like four inches. That's how thick. you learn? That's how you stretch those fingers out. Yeah. Yep. And and I played on that. And my my son Gibson, it's named after my Gibson. I've got a I've got a Gibson guitar hanging in there. If we were in the studio or back in that area, you'd see my wall of guitars. I, I, I'm a big. I love guitars. And when I met my wife, she's like, why do you buy more than one guitar? They all sound the same. I was like, no, they don't. No, they don't. So she's, she's heard them too. So I've got like a Taylor back there and I've got a rogue uh, resonator up there and I got a bass guitar, some 12 string. Uh, Ibanez is what I kind of lean to, but I just bought a Ketma guitar, which is a really cool sounding guitar. And it's, it's all black. I bought it cause it was black. I liked the way it looked and then I plugged oh, yeah. it in and played it. So I, I like, I, I understand with the guitars and I probably would cry if I got rid of any guitar. <laughs> well, yeah. So for me, like, my, like my, my one friend, like he owns, like he owns my Sonic blue strat. He owns uh he owns a bunch of my stuff. Cause like I'd get more from him than pawn it off to a store, but he never, he never understands. Cause like he's, he, he could play, but like, I'm a player. I'm not a collector. Like mm. uh, to me, they're tools. Like I, like when I go to home Depot, I want to buy the Milwaukee stuff, the, you know, the stuff, but I don't have the money for it. So like I make do with the rigid and the same thing with the guitars. Like I, uh, I was hell bent on getting a Telecaster and, uh, I just oh, picked nice. this up. Yeah. It's a, it's a squire, but I mean, again, I, I picked it up in the store and I actually liked it better than any telly they had. It just had tone for days and it played the way I wanted it because it plays rhythm the way I want it to. Mm. And, um, for me, I want to, um, I was getting together the other night. I got this cool thing in the works where, um, this, uh, well, a friend of the friend that has all my guitar, some of my guitars, he, uh, he was going to give me this white, uh, Mexican Stratocaster just, just so I can run some scales. Cause I got some studio overdubs coming up that I wanted. I need an electric around. And, um, I went over there and the guitar was a piece of shit. Uh, oh, can we curse on this? I didn't know. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't I'm know. not regulated at all. <laughs> You're good. What's that? I lot. I lot. You broke up for a second there. Yeah, I'm not regulated. It. There's no FCC regulation on here. You can say whatever you want. I don't. It doesn't bother me one bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't cuss. I don't cuss a lot. But but yeah, I just didn't. I just the guitar wasn't inspiring to me. I just didn't want it. But while I was over there, the one dude he had a he had a black American '88 Telly, and I was I was running scales on it, and I was playing lead over some of his songs, and I was like wow, I got to get a Telecaster. And, and I, I went, the one guy I usually buy my stuff from, I, I buy my Yamahas from, um, mm-hmm. he uh, he had GNLs. I just didn't like any of them. I didn't like the way they sounded. I didn't like the way they played. And then I went to the store that the guy I worked at originally before he got his own store. And I was like, you got any cheap tellies? And they said, well, we got this Squire Custom Vibes, uh, black on black. And and it was like, it was cool. I named that one. We name our guitars around here. I named that one Darth because uh, Darth Vader has got like the black on black. Yep. But um, it plays awesome. It's got tone for days. And it's cool because DJ, this guy that I've, uh, now I'm striking up this friendship with, he's a songwriter and he's got a cool thing. He's trying to get himself out there, but he knows how to play the bass, mm-hmm. which we started jamming and we started playing. He knows he's got bass lines on all my songs. 
And so that's going to give me the opportunity later in the summer to do what I've always wanted to do for years is be able to play lead guitar on my stuff and have somebody keeping the rhythm so that I don't have to be, because I like doing the acoustic gigs, Jesse, but I mean, I get like, I, I get, I get bored because like, I, you know, like yeah. um, something about the looper kind of always came off as a little cheesy to me. Like I like, like if I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a performance, I'm going to, I'm going to be real. I'm going to, I run, I run some scales and some licks in there, but I mean, like I'm, um, I just get bored because I just want, I like to, when that, when I got that bass and that drum track going, I can, I could really have some fun with, uh, you know, mm -hmm. playing the guitar and uh, accentuating uh, certain parts of the songs or even stretching them out. Cause you know, if, if on the record it's two and a half, cause I'm one of those guys when I was younger, I, you know, I listened to Bob Dylan, like, and, and all that. And I, I'd write these songs where some of them sucked and right. I, I would write them and I was like, that you get to a point where you're like trying to write a song and make it so long, have these trippy lyrics and stuff, but they suck. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I remember hearing Johnny Cash, uh, you are my sunshine with, uh, the heartbreakers. And, uh, at the end of the, uh, the, the recording, I think, uh, Mike Campbell says that Johnny Cash goes, Oh, it's a little short. And Johnny Cash said something and I, I live by this. And, and, you know, you look at JJ Kale and a lot of these guys, their songs are, they're short and sweet. Cause it's like, well, my song sung, it's sung. Right. But, you know, but when you got the band going, you could stretch that two and a half oh, yeah. minute cut to like, you know, five minutes or something like that. You know, you just stretch it out a little bit. But yeah, I do that with my band because when we the songs, I think songwriters in general, they always have a problem with they want to put too much in a song. And usually a song, I mean, there's story songs are great and they're needed. But sometimes you want to have you're singing about a moment. You're not singing about a lifespan. You're singing about. A girl you met in that moment that you met or you are like the the one you listened to the two tickets paradise it was a vacation we took a vacation i wrote that's what i wrote about that's the first time i've been on a cruise so me and my wife took a cruise and i wrote that song that melody was in my head for a couple of days was, <laughs> it's yeah, that was, a great melody yeah it was nice <laughs> and i love the steel drums part of it you're gonna find out i have musical tourette i will put some of the weirdest shit in songs because i'll be listening and it's like Let's try uh, steel drums. Let's try saxophone. Let's try uh, Jordan, my bassist, and the guy who started the, my band with me, my best friend. He he's <laughs> he wants to put a xylophone in a song, and I'm like, oh, nice. okay, we'll try it. I said, I don't know, but because we're here with a band on Saturdays and practicing and warming up, we'll take a song like you're talking about, Soul Shine or something. We'll play that. I don't do covers very often because I'm I'm like you. I don't like to do covers. I'd rather sit there and play my originals. I know covers are needed, but I'll never be able to do it as good as the original. So if I'm going to do a cover, I'm going to change it so it fits me. I'm going to change it however I want to. And they don't like it, they don't like it. I, I really don't care because I'm, I'm not trying to do the original. I'm just trying to play music. But I'll stretch it out. And we'll get in there and we'll play, like you said. And a lot of times it helps because I forget the words. <laughs> and I can just jam. Yeah. Like no, an Almond Brothers. I totally get that. It's like, I know I, I kind of, cause I don't have, I don't have a look at me limelight seeking behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want like, I, like when I was younger, I wanted to be Bob Dylan and like, I, that's what I tried to do. And, and, uh, I was in Nashville for a few days and I was staying with this guy out in the woods, out in the middle of nowhere. And he, he had a couple of cuts, like he wasn't, he wasn't big or anything like that. But, um, when I was there with him for those few days, like he was a cool dude. Like I'd go out and I'd play at night played the bluebird that was pretty cool um but it took me like three times to find a bluebird i called them from the parking lot looking for it 
it's a small little place. And people ask, people always ask me, oh, what was that like? Because they know it from the TV show from that show. I go, I go, it was intimidating because you got, they make you shut the phones off. Nobody's got to talk and everything. It's like you can hear a pen drop. But Mm -hmm. when I was was down there with Mike, that's where I learned a lot of stuff that like, like it blew my mind. Like, like the simple things. And it was cool too. He'd get my ass up in the morning and he'd say, come on, dude, if you're going to stay here, you're going to work around the property. Like, so like he was putting me to work and. But then we'd we'd have lunch, and that was my favorite part because he put the pot of coffee on, we'd eat something, and then we get the guitars out, and he 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 like play me one of your songs, and like, he gave me a lot of advice. Yeah. Dog about to hear the dog work. Hang on a second. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I got a husky there. Yeah, husky and a black lab and a pit shepherd mix. Yeah, I love I, I love dogs. Uh, I I, I want to get um, a couple of big dogs, but um, my wife not my wife said when I get my my wife said when I get my cut and I can be a stay at home daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I have dogs because I can take care of. Them. But that because that's that's my that's my that's my goal, Jesse. Is um I've learned a lot over the years is that like I don't want to be famous and I and I don't I don't care about um having a look or an image or anything like that. Like I um I'm I'm all about songs. I, like yesterday, I had a great con- I played a gig yesterday and I had a great conversation with somebody and he was like hung up on every line. And that, that's like, sometimes I'll be playing in a room. There might be like 30 people in the room and like some of them are in and out listening. Um, but like this guy was hung up on every line and then we got to talking on my break. And um, it's people like that, that like what I do is, is I'm a songwriter and I'm all about songs. I don't right, care right. about, like, I don't believe in, um, in, you know, bands. I always say it's bands or anybody like, like I'm all about the song. Like if a song is a good song, it's going to get where it needs to get and it's going to go where it's going to go. And, um, however, I'm slowly, but surely coming up to speed with, you know, the hashtags and the networking and, <laughs> and all that stuff. That's, that's like, like with this John Prine song of mine right now, that's like, I, I'm learning that, you know, John Prine was a special person in my life. And that, that song of mine is sincere because I wanted to meet John Prine and I wanted to just hang out with him and, I'm learning like how many lives he's touched and, and, you know, oh, yeah. with, with these hashtags, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm trying not to be too spammy about it, but I'm trying to like, you know, say like, Hey, this is a, a song I wrote uh, to John. And I, you know, cause it's, it's not about me. It's, it's just, I just think people, we can bond over John Prine and uh, he's like a glue that can forge some friendships. And that's, that's, that's how I met you. That's how I came to talking to you is, through the, the John Prine Yeah. And that's, he's touched a lot of, of songwriters and artists throughout the years. And that, that'll go, I, th- I think besides, like I said, I was telling you about the songwriters, I think where they like write stories that are like decades instead of moments. Another thing is self-promotion that they have a harder time promoting themselves. Cause you don't want to feel like I said too spammy. You don't want to overload everybody with, with your music. So they just don't, they tune it out. But at the same time, I mean, it's part of it. So when, what I'll do is like, this is recorded and I'll edit it and I'll let you know before I release it, there's a few in front of you and I'll put your song in the countdown when I release this episode. And then when the countdown, the way that would work is I set it up so that everybody, when you're in, you'll get, as soon as you hear it premiere, then it'll be into the poll. And so you'll have a week to get as many votes as you can. And the top 10 songs with the most votes move forward week to week. If after 12 weeks, if they last 12 weeks, then I will retire the song and you can send another song in or you can send me many as you want, but I only put one song per artist at a time. 
I want to make it fair. I want to get as many people heard as possible. And honestly, 12 weeks is hard. I, this is the, my song that just retired Diana song. I wrote for my wife. I don't even vote and it actually retired. So it's hard to keep it in there. It's like, wow. Okay. Thank you guys. That's, that's one I wrote, you know, for how long I've been married 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, it's awesome thing that you do. And I, I definitely appreciate it. Like I, um, I do, I don't like, um, well, let's see, like, even though I got the sobriety and I got the family life and stuff, I will always have like, I, um, when I was in doing my Bob Dylan thing, when I was younger, I had somebody get me into towns Van Zandt mm. and, uh, I always have an inner towns to me and, and that's, and it's, it's, there's good things about it and there's bad things about it. And like the bad things are that like, I don't, I don't really care a lot about um, like social media and I don't care a lot about like, but I acknowledge the importance of them. And, and I try to do, I try to do it in a way where it has like a, a charm to it, where it's like, it's real. And it's like, you know, it's not um, uh, whatever. Cause um, Eric, the guy that Eric Ritter is uh, a huge like person in my life. He's been recording me for, Oh geez like 11 years now and see eric records me he produces me he plays bass um and and i love that man like that he's a very special person in my life and um one thing that eric and i like like last year we had some we had some momentum i cut two albums last year and um we were uh we were in the process of eric knows a lot of people like in the well you probably know that billy strings guy right mm-hmm well, his manager, he's out of our camp. Um, really? Yeah, we were trying to get, we were trying to, but uh, nothing, nothing like panned out there. But his manager's a big John Prine guy, and I, we were hoping he was going to do more for us because that's not a song that we're expecting to get a hit out of. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to connect with people with that song. Um, but like, there are a couple songs that I'm set to cut. I've actually tracking this week. There's one in particular that. We think it has that like poppy modern Nashville kind of vibe to it. And, and and I don't go out of my, you know, I have, I've tried every single way you can think of to write a song. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like every single way. And I'll be honest with you for the last uh, year or so. And, and thank the Lord above, like that, that it works out for me this way is I have the um, let them fall into my lap good thing going for me you know it's been awesome especially like when i'm out driving uh with the the company truck or whatever i'll be driving on the road and a song just falls out of thin air oh yeah and then i'll write it down when i get a chance i might like maybe tweak a line or two but for the most part jesse i've been i've been pretty blessed in the last year with some pretty good songs just falling into my lap and um even sometimes souls come through like once in a while like i had this one song it's the only song i'm doing a voice guitar with on this album because it, it fits the song it's um uh it's a song about uh me and my wife like the x-files oh, uh, yeah i know and uh <laughs> well we actually took around a hiatus we were, we were almost at four but we took a hiatus and um we were watching it and there was one episode where they went down south to investigate this uh thing and the, the name of the episode was field where i died and uh that's the name of this song and uh because it was funny the next day i was driving the truck and uh out of nowhere this old lost soul who died uh, in the civil war uh away from home he came through me and i wrote his song and uh i get songs like that sometimes too like if you heard um if you listen to any of my songs um the song someplace else um uh, it's actually wow that's actually about two years of the day uh my brother my best my brother's best friend's brother 
blew his head off with oh, fireworks. Wow. And like my brother saw. It. And that song, Someplace Else, that's my brother. He came through me and I wrote that song down. And um, yeah, that's that's one like you know, when I'm when I'm playing at a gig, uh, I got two marks that I try to go for. I want to make you cry, and I want to make you dance. And uh, that's uh it, you know, I unfortunately I got a knack for some sad songs. Uh, that's that's okay sad songs are wanted uh, i'm the same way i, I you talked about like when songs just fall into your lap i actually just wrote a song i was i don't even know, know where it came from i was sitting there playing on the guitar and it was one that i recorded like the like the chord progression because if i if i don't i'll forget it i have so many stuff running through my head and i sat down wrote the song in like literally five minutes and i was like oh i really like that song it's called love you wrong and I'll just let you listen to it at the end. I'll, cause I mean, I just literally, I'm sitting in the garage in the studio with Ergo and I'm sitting there playing on guitar. It's like, and the words just started flowing. And I think that's cool to songwriter Cause there's songs and you know, this too, that take forever to come together. And they don't, and they never get where you want. Like there was this, mm-hmm. I know exactly. I got this one song and I still think it's, it, it plays to these Nashville dudes, but, um, I was like really hung up on this one song uh, last year and, and my wife, God bless her. She sat in on the studio session and I kept taking it and taking it and taking it and taking it. And it, it's a, it was a good cut, but, um, I, it, but like, that's what I'm saying is like, I spent so many months writing that song and I was so high on it. And then um, I forget the guy's name. There's this one guy he wrote, or he not wrote, he's still a writer. He writes a lot of songs for the nashville folk and mm. uh um, forget his name he's 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 big like he's like he's huge um but he uh he i was listening to him on a podcast and uh he was saying he was like he's the best piece of they asked him at the end what's the best piece of advice for aspiring songwriters he said he said play me your best song like that you think is the best song you've written to date and then write a hundred more songs and tell me if you still think that's your best song and that's like, you know, I, I've done that Nashville thing, like where, like where I write a song every day, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. just to keep the craft of writing. But I, I, I just like, like for me, my favorite thing with music is noodling. I love like plugging in my Telecaster and running scales over like demo tracks. And that that's where I really like. But, I, but like the songwriting thing, that's where you're going to. Lord willing, get your payday, you know, mm-hmm. like pe- people. um like JJ Kale is my biggest hero. Um, he's like my favorite person in the whole world. Like I, you know, like I got that Dylan thing you know, I told you about in the Dylan background. And I went mm-hmm. through, I tried to be Bob Dylan, but when two things happened to me, I learned about John Prine and I learned about writing what you know and having a sincerity and a humbleness to what you're doing. I learned that from John Prine. Well, through Mike down in Nashville is like preaching to me. Uh, Mark Knopfler is another huge person in my life um but jj kale when i found out about jj kale this uh i forget i think i came across one of his songs not even one of his hits and i was like i really like this sound it's really mellow it's really laid back and chill he's got like it's hard to pinpoint an exact sound on him because he's there's a lot of cool things going on and then i got really into him and i was like oh cocaine and and after midnight and and i was like I was like, wow, this guy called me the breeze. I was like, this guy's awesome. And then the best is I, unfortunately, when I got into JJ, it was after he passed. Um, but I, 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 you know, I've, I've studied on JJ Kale. I gave myself a JJ Kale education. And I love when he was, um, 
when he was older, he started finally embracing his um, cult following that he developed through like all the, you know, the Clapton fans and everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best was they had him at a, uh, a festival somewhere or wherever. And uh, a reporter asked him, he said, he said, you know, did you ever, did you ever feel like any bitterness or like Clapton, maybe he's been ripping you off for 35 years. And then, in that awesome Oklahoma accent, he didn't even hesitate. He goes, Eric Clapton's been paying my rent for 35 years. That's right. <laughs> Mailbox <laughs> money. That's my, that's, that's my dream. Jesse is like, I, I just, you know, I'm not struggling for it. Like, you know, I'm enjoying my family and I, and I, and I love, I write, I write songs for me and it took me years to be able to know that and admit that mm-hmm. like where, like I'd play, I'd play bars and I'd play covers and, and I hated it. And and it's like, you know, like I'll, I'll go to a gig and people don't know me like yesterday. Like I play breweries exclusively, which is funny because six years sober, but they're the best places for the songwriter right. uh, deal. And uh, I'll go in and people say, what do you play? And, and I'll say American music. And they're, and they're like, oh, come on, like cryptic. But it's the truth. I'm going to play country. I'm going to play folk. I'm going to play blues. I'm going to play rock and roll, uh, reggae. Like, I, I, like I'm, I'm going to get down with uh you know, I, I don't I don't trap myself in a genre because I serve the song. I write the song and when I pick the guitar up, whatever comes to it, that's that's what it's going to be. I keep it simple. Uh, I, I try to keep the melodies and the hooks so that people can groove, do it. And um, that's just that's where I go with it. But um, that's why I'm you know, I'm just hoping that uh, one day I can I can make that happen where uh, somebody that's. Uh, looking for a song can, you know, I, I can have my after midnight moment. Cause that's, that's my favorite story about JJ is that he went out to LA. It didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. He accepted it. He moved, he packed up his shit, went back to Oklahoma. And one night he was driving to a gig, a bar gig, and he's listening to the radio and after midnight's on the radio. He's <laughs> like, well, that, that's it. I don't have to get a job now. <laughs> you know? So. Yep. That, that's that's, <laughs> I yeah. like those stories. That that's I always call my music mutt music because it's such a mixture of everything. Who doesn't yeah. love who didn't love a big old mutt? You know, come on. <laughs> oh yeah. I hear you. Um well let's listen to one of your songs, Drew. Which one do you want to listen to? Um what are you what are you playing? Are you playing the three MP3s I sent you or do you have um... uh well I pulled up your Spotify account so we can play anything yeah, yeah, yeah. that you that I'm you all want. about Spotify, by the way. Like uh if I I you know, like I um it's funny uh, being somebody that's a songwriter i don't listen to a lot of music Mm -hmm. um we do uh however my sister bought my boys the alexa because they love it um and uh we you know like we'll catch ourselves like we had some doc watson going today we we get all kinds of stuff going but uh i'm rambling here but i i love spotify though like my wife has an account uh and i just i just think spotify is great there's so many awesome podcasts on there and everything uh give a shout out to uh what's his name uh well the georgia songbirds obviously but um uh mr ball and i don't know if you're listening to any of that stuff that's that's some cool stuff it's like strange strange dark mysterious like murder stories and stuff um I'm, okay. I don't know, I'm, I'm into that stuff i listen to the uh morbid podcast that's the that's the one i've kind of listened to besides my own i've seen that one too it's really good. It's like true crime, but it's like it's like about serial killers and stuff, and they dig into the whole stories. And unfortunately, I got my little girl listening to it now because I was driving back from Mississippi, and it was such a long drive. So I thought everybody was asleep. So I turned on the podcast, and I'm listening, and I'm driving down the road. I just bought the five-year-old these, like, magnet tile things. Mm-hmm. And the two-year-old always wants to play with them. And uh, 
Yeah, but all right. Sorry about that. Uh, no problem. Like I said, I, I've got kids, and I've, I know little kids that don't bother me at all. I, yeah. I love. That's where you can get most of your stories from. Anyway, I wrote a song called "The Balloon" because my the twin Gibson was consoling his sister Cheyenne. She was crying because her balloon came out of her hand and it went flying in the air. So he goes, "It's okay, sissy. The balloon's on. A, it's going on. A, it's going to heaven." And I'm like, "Oh my God!" I said, "That's a line in a song." So I, I sat down and before I forgot it, and I'm like. On a, so the balloon, it's the story about a, I turned that into a story about a kid that was, that was dying and the balloon and the guy's holding on like a balloon, but the balloon's on a slow ride to heaven. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's such, I, I use that line. So I, I've got a couple lines for my kids. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they, they that's like people, people, all people can write your songs. Oh yeah. Keep your ears open like an antenna. You know? So but, uh, yeah. Let's pick one of your songs. Which one do you want to listen to? You can pick any one you uh, want that's on Spotify. Because, I mean, I've, yeah. if you see my stuff, I've got playlists out the ass over here, and they're everywhere. Oh, it's funny is that I got this going right now because I, I have three studio albums that I've done to date. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a best of because I switched distributors. I switched from CD Baby to DistroKid. DistroKid's so uh, easy. I love DistroKid. I love DistroKid. I wish I'd been doing DistroKid for years. Um, I, I, it's not that I didn't like CD Baby. It was just that their prices and like the way I, the way I, I put a lot of stuff. I, I write a lot. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, I just, I was looking for something that was like easier, user friendly and cheaper. And I got nothing bad to say about them at all. Um, nope. I love distro kid, but um, long story short is, well, my first album was, before, you know, obviously I was 22 and I had like a photographer and all that shit. But the last two that I put out last year, my wife, she drew the, um, album covers and colored them and everything okay. so but um i will explore maybe putting those three albums out via district kid but there was some fluff and there were some shit songs that i thought this was an opportunity to put out what i thought were the best um songs and it's a commemoration of recording for 10 years so uh that's what i did and i got the new album that'll be out this year and i um i know every songwriter says this but this is the best batch of songs i've ever had and I'm really excited to see um, how this album comes. And that's why that's why I'm trying to reach out to good people like you and uh, trying to, you know, find people through Instagram that, that you know, are going to appreciate the music. Because that's that's why I do Like, I do it to connect uh, with people. And, um, you know, like, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not rich or famous. I'm not doing it like because, you know, I don't I don't I'm not doing it like because I'm on a deadline or a budget. I just. I love songs and I love sharing good songs and and I'm the first person to tell you I might write one song and I'd be like oh that song sucks and then and that's why that's why I feel like like if I say something if I say I have a song and I think it's a good song I'm saying that as somebody that appreciates good songs right. and and uh, you know I don't think all all my songs are good and um, that's why I scrapped some of them from my repertoire and and that they're not out on Spotify because like I'm not I'm not like somebody that's like oh Drew Kelly oh he he doesn't have he doesn't have this album with these songs on it and and because uh, I, I don't have i don't have people like so like i'm a songwriter and i could do that i could say like yeah this is a, this is a good presentation of myself but um nonetheless i mean if we're gonna if we're gonna do this chronologically i'll pick a song that um i don't play it anymore because i don't have that 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 giddy up and that whiskey drinking uh uh harmonica playing kind of thing that i did when i was younger but i like bound to win um that's one song i wrote and it was like special to me when i wrote it and it was like 
I was a, um, I was 20 years old. I was playing in these bars because the local newspaper, they wrote this big article. They put it on the front page of the Sunday paper. And mm-hmm. I started getting booked at all these gigs. And they said I was 21 because I was just lying about my age and everything. And um, I played all these bars. I was getting drunk all the time and hanging out with people's moms and stuff. And uh, But uh, it was, you know, uh, it was funny because, um, yeah, uh, they found out, I forget how somebody said, Oh, he's, he's only, he's only 20 years old or whatever. And they put me out of the bars and, and I kind of, I wrote this song bound to win. It's kind of like a, uh, uh, it's like a, I don't know, an anthem saying like, I don't need y'all. <laughs> I'm going to go. And I, I went into this like hibernation kind of thing where I met this friend and, um, he, uh, we'd go over, we'd drink coffee, we'd smoke weed, we'd listen to all kinds of music. Like, I mean, Motorhead. Uh, I love Motorhead. <laughs> yeah, we, I do too. We'd, we'd listen, we'd listen to everything. And he was going um, under the knife for this like hip surgery and everything. And uh, I remember one night we were listening to this. Uh, it was like a, one of my favorite Bob Dylan records is the folk covers that he put out in 93 called mm-hmm. World Gone Wrong. And there was one song on there, Delia. And like, there's like a refrain part of it where it's saying like all the friends I ever had are gone. And, and, and it just like, I had these like dreams, like that line was just living with me. And, uh, and I wrote this song bound to win. And, um, yeah. So yeah, we played that one. Right. Well, I'm on, I'm on mute us and then I'm going to hit, we're going to play so you can hear it. Uh, just give me a thumbs up if you can hear it. Yeah. Blow me down with all you can You're still gonna see me stand Nothing you can do's gonna knock me down Cause I've laid your money down Everyone I love is gone All my friends have moved on Take my cards and throw them in I know I'm a fine no end Well, it doesn't rain here outside Ain't never gonna make me run and hide Watch me stay and just tough it out Don't say you've got any doubt Everyone I love is gone All my friends, they moved on Take my cards and throw them in I know I'm a bound to win But if I don't ride to you again Don't think that I'm not your friend I got a long, lonesome road to walk Babe, I'm running out of chalk Everyone I love is gone All my friends have moved on Take my cards and throw them in I know I'm a bound to win Well, as this train takes me there, I'm a breathing in a whole new air. 
This world here may go wrong Me, I'm right where I belong Everyone I love is gone All my friends, if you don't Take my cards and throw them in I know I'm a bound to win I like that. Yeah, I uh, I always I always like that song. Like gen- genuinely, like uh, my I had a friend, that same friend I told you that I saw my guitarist too. He uh, he always he always used to tell me he was jealous that he didn't write that song. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's not a hit or anything like that. It's just it's just a it's just a real song, and uh, I. Uh, I was I was I was appreciated. I had a place in my heart for that song. Are you playing? Are you on playing all the guitar and the harp and everything? Oh, I, if you ever hear the only I, I know the only two times you're ever going to hear anything in my music where I'm not the lead guitar is uh, reggae on the fly and uh, Dear Joan Prime. Okay. Um, I got a there's a guy local guy a good friend of mine. We're well, we have this like interesting friendship where we'll go years where we won't see each other or talk to each other and we can. We could see each other again and pick it up like we never skipped a beat. He's like, he's like an older brother to me. He mm-hmm. um, he taught because I'm the oldest of five, so I never had an older brother. He taught me uh, he taught me a lot of stuff, and like he's like one of those like tough love kind of like he's a virtuoso musician. And there's things about that that annoy me about being with him sometimes with, with working with him mm-hmm. because he doesn't understand like he doesn't he doesn't have an appreciation for the emotional and the feel side of things as much as he should have. I mean. Don't get me wrong. He runs circles around anybody on guitar for, for days, for years. But I mean, it's just you're missing an element. Like when you're like, we'll play a gig and we'll be on the middle and he'll be telling me like, uh, I missed a note or something like that. Like it's, it's, It just it just it bugs me. But alas, like, for example, though, with that Dear John Prine track. Like we were gigging that all summer and people were coming up to us saying, oh, how beautiful it is. And, and then I, I said to him, I said, yeah, you got to do that in the studio with me. Because like the guitar he plays on that is, it's angelic. It sounds like a Nashville like studio musician, like yeah. sitting in with you. And um, it was funny, though. When I remember the day we cut that. I was driving up to the studio and he was already there. And uh, he, uh, we, we did like, I think like six or seven takes because of him. Mm-hmm. And the first take was, was good, but there, I had like a flub on the one part because i finger picked the rhythm okay. and he plays he plays the lead over it yeah i don't play with a pick or <laughs> whatever that's worth well not anymore i did when i was younger but best thing i ever did was stop using one but um he uh he's playing and uh he kept he is how he is he, he wants to always keep doing something and i said to him, good i think we got it and then uh, like on the second take and and it was funny because when when we went there like a week or two later when i asked eric guy said what which one did we use and he said it was the second take i said i told him like (laughs) that's i mean though he makes everything more annoying than it has to be Mm -hmm. because i'm good i now unfortunately the guy that i played drums with or played drums on my stuff last year he's moving Mm -hmm. he was the coolest cat i've ever i had eric's like he's his best friend so like what i would do is i'd eric is like i said such a special part in my life like he'll have me come up he won't even charge me to demo i'll demo my songs He'll send them to Bill, 
And this is, we had this tried and true last year. We did it like three or four times where it worked out. Like, uh, he, we, you know, we wouldn't even like get together or anything like that. And then we'd show up to the studio and nail it one, two takes. And like, we'd laugh because like, we know people that spend hundreds and thousands of dollars and, and they spend all this time and they hate it. We're like, we do. Cause when you have, when you have a, a, a natural, like, like that's like you give somebody the demo, they listen to it. They know what you're going for. Mm-hmm. And then you show up that little, like small percentage of spontaneity goes a long way. Cause you know, you, I'll cut songs on records that like, I can get close to playing them that way. Like I can, I can get the vibe and, and, but there's like, there's just something magic in the studio where like, when you, when you have that, no expectations, just relax, enjoy the company of the people you're with. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's great. And, and that's my, as I, I track, I'll play, they'll put me in the vocal room. I'll play the, I'll play the rhythm guitar and I'll sing it. And I don't do scratch vocals either. I just, whatever I get on the vocal is, I mean, if I, if I got something where maybe there's some interest and I really have to get something good, maybe I'll explore it. But to me, it's just like, uh, I'm, I'm going to play it like I'm playing it. And then, then well, when we get a good track, I'll come back a week or two after I've been having those late night telly sessions and I'll just, I'll, I'll put a, a guitar part over it. That's, but that's, you could tell if you listen to an example on that record, you listen to way down the river, mm-hmm. um, which is another one of my favorite songs. I've rearranged it like four times. I I'm really digging the most recent one that I gig with, but, um, I'm playing the lead guitar on that. And I have this like Albert King, like loud, like raw, like barky kind of like thing going on where Greg on reggae on the play, the guitar on that is phenomenal, but it's just two different kinds of guitar players. Like, mm-hmm. like where oh, yeah. he knows, he knows every single lick, every single note, every single scale under the sun. And I just have like my, like, uh, like my fake it kind of like, I could play guitar. If somebody doesn't know music, they go, Oh, he's a good guitar player. But if like if, if I'm around like a snob or whatever, they're like oh he's because I know I know people like that that'll tell you Eric Clapton's not a good guitar player and that those kind of people I don't I don't like hanging around with them because they, no, they just they don't Eric get, Clapton is one of my favorite guitar players in the world. Him and Santana yeah. are like my favorite. Oh, I, same here, man. And that's why that's why I know people like that they're too stuffy for me and they don't get it. Like they just they don't because people that are going to to see you play and listen to your songs they don't know anything about theory or or I actually, I, I know a lot because like it, it interests me, but I don't, I don't talk about it because people don't care. They, all they care about is what they hear. Like BB King can blow you away with playing one note solos all night. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't care because you like the way it sounds. And that's, that's all it is. It's all about the sound. That's, but that's, that's yeah. that is one thing that I'll do with BB King. <laughs> long-winded answer to say, yeah, that's me. I used to do, that's what I used to do. I used to do the rack with the, guitar and the, that whole album uh, running time my first album i tracked the one song we got it in a documentary which was kind of cool i didn't try for it these brothers made a film about the one guy and i made i made a few bucks on that song that was that was nice that was nice for me but um uh but again though not trying like see so just let it let let the song go um but that whole album with the exception of that song i came that was my first time working with eric I cut Ballad of Colton Harris Moore, first take, first day, first session. We were like, oh, that's a keeper. And then I was, again, trying, thinking. And then finally one night, it was like uh, I had a budget, and I was at the end of my budget. And because I raised – that's when I used to do the GoFundMes. And, you know, like I raised, I raised a decent chunk of change for that album. And I was at the end of my budget, and I didn't like a lot of stuff. So I got a bottle of Beaujolais. 
I got a couple of joints. <laughs> I just did the whole album one night, like boom, like that. Like, Cause I read that Bob Dylan did that when he was young and I tried to do it too. And, and that's, that, that's why it's, it's real. You know, it's, yeah. I'd about to say that song that we just listened to, it's very, it's very Bob Dylan-esque. Oh God. Yeah. But, I, I folks, mean... and, 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 and I, and I had a take of it and Dave, the guy, the friend of mine, like he was like a manager, if you will, kind of guy in my life. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, come here. And he gave me a, he gave me a, a little red soil cup and it had Jim Beam. And he's like, you need that. And that's, that's a good, and a little bark, that little giddy up on that song. Yeah. But, uh, and the way you played it, I mean, that's what I was asking about the playing earlier is because that rhythm that you kept through the whole thing, that's tiring. I, that's, <laughs> there's a song that when, when you heard like the two, the two tickets to paradise, that's Alan who used to be with us band. He left the band, but he was a singer and he's one of those. Great Sorry oh about yeah, our sour subject. Great no, voice. he he did have a he did have a great voice. His it wasn't his voice that was the problem. It, yeah. it was, you know, he, he has a great voice, yeah. and it's just there's you could tell there's some people that just don't want to put in put in the work. It's a lot of work to do it, and we would go do a gig and then he'd not show up. I'm like, you can't do that. You can't, no. you know, because then now I'm taking over, and when I sing, it's a lot different than. Than when he sings, I've got more. Of the well, I like what you, I like what you do too, because because I like I like bands that um like I, I'll never I'll never have this I'll never hear all this, but I like bands that like where you like because my favorite band is the band that's my mm-hmm. favorite band, and and they have like something that like you know your band has going on like where you got different voices. I always thought that was really cool because it's like you can go out to a show and you're not going to hear like some guy singing all night. You're going to hear. You know, this guy's going to tell you his story and this one's going to, and they have got different tones and it's cool mm-hmm. because now the only thing with the band though, is they had that angelic three-part harmony with those three, two, that's just like, <laughs> that's uh, what I wish we had as a band as a harmony. That's tough. Harmonies is oh. tough. And I tell people out of the gate, like I'm, I'm going to have this nice little band behind me this summer. And like, I, t- I tell people, I don't do that because not because like, I'm like, I'm big headed and I'm ignorant. I just don't like, I, I consider myself a songwriter that tries to sing. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like that's, I'm not like, I'm not like uh, Adele or somebody that's going to hit the notes and, 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 and people be like, mm-hmm. Oh, what a beautiful voice. Or, yeah, you know? I don't have that either. <laughs> and I'm a songwriter. I'm just sharing songs. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to run some scales, let my guitar, uh, hit those notes that I can't do with my voice. See mine and Alan's voices, it complimented each other because his was so high and mine was so low and growly. Yeah. So it fit like, uh, yeah, I'm doing, we talk about, uh, you're doing your album. I was actually trying to been doing an EP. I've been working on it for a while, but again, because now I'm having to change everything because it's, it's going to go my way. So the, the EP is called bad for me. And the first song that we're doing on it is bad. It's called bad for me. It's about a stripper, you know, cause I used to work at a strip club when I met my, my wife. And she didn't know it was a strip club when I met her, even though I told her it was, but that's, <laughs> but it, I worked at Mardi Gras in Atlanta, but the song is, is me and him singing and his voice was so high. It's like, Oh, it's perfect. And then he left. I was like, crap. Now I got to find a, a woman to come in and sing because that's the only person I know around here that has that kind of a high tone, but we could sing in the same, the same note, but because his is like an octave higher, it, it just, it just fit. I, you know, I haven't even heard this song, but I'm already like excited about it because like I, I'm still I still got the two tickets to Paradise vibe in my head. And now okay. like, you're telling and now you're telling me this story. And like I, I, I like I could just hear like like you get you can get like a really cool um, like 
you know, chick like singing on this, I can definitely see that being like kind of exploring some different like genres, even like within the the mix of it. I could, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I can definitely hear here at the end. Cool. I'll let you hear it after. I won't put it on your on your episode, but I'll let you hear it before before oh, I let cool. you go. Yeah, uh, let's, let's hear another one of your songs. Which one do you want to hear next? All right. Well, we'll get out of the we'll get out of those folk days. We'll take a step towards uh, uh trying to think uh um. Well, I'll, I'll sing. I'll, I'll let you hear. Um, it's one of the MP3s I sent you. I, I think it's a real country song. Um, okay. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, it was like I just started getting back to writing again. And um, I'm a big Merle Haggard fan. And uh, he's like, he's like one of my favorite people of all time. And uh, I wrote this song, uh, She's My Everything. And uh, it, it, you know, when I, when uh, she, because like every night, like my wife, like, I'm, I'm sure she still does, but, um, she would pray for us. And, uh, you know, I just, that's the first line of the song every night she prays for us. And, um, that's when I was still a mailman and I was walking around and, uh, that's, I just wrote that song. And, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a nice little, a nice little, uh, old school country song. It's called, uh, it's on the, it's on the Spotify too, though. Uh, Jesse. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Right on there. Um, She's my everything, and uh, yeah, I uh, I dig that song, and and again, it's uh, it's keeping it short and sweet. I've got I got on iTunes and either one, so it's she's my everything, right? Yeah, 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 perfect. Right, I'm gonna mute us, and we're gonna listen to it. All right. Every night she prays for us And every day she sweeps away the dust She's a hell of a mother She's really like no other She's my everything and that's some more I walk all day Just to make ends meet And I swear I see her face On every street When I get back home She's standing at the door She's my everything And then the sun So tight she tells me everything's alright Cause we got all the love we need For now both our boys They'll tell you too That their mama she's an angel through and through Heaven's here with her It's like I said before She's my everything There's some more There's some more She's my everything
you know what you said about your voice that's a you have a great voice it's very uh, it's unique and I'm, I'm listening to it there and i'm like oh uh. I'm, I'm the same way i hate the way my voice sounds but you got and I, I mean this is a compliment you got an old man's voice oh yeah no i i know that and and and, and i'm an old soul and um like uh i i owe that to uh like um when i was and it, there's there's a song on that same album poppy song Mm-hmm. I wrote it about my grandfather, who was like a bigger than life like person to me, who I loved with all my heart, and I spent a lot of time with him. And the biggest thing about that song that broke, that made me cry, is that I had that song in my, up my pocket for oof, it was about two years or so, and then my nana died, right? Um, and I planned on doing like there's this local uh, NPR affiliate that I do, um, like a. It's funny. I, I was actually I took this as a huge compliment. I guess I was the first one since the pandemic to to cut a uh, homegrown, and um, it's my fourth homegrown. Uh, but um, I was going to do one in 2017, uh, right when I was starting with the postal service. I thought hey, I'm going to be I'm going to be the next John Prine. I'm going to be like a mailman, and I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to get some cuts. And and um, but I, um, if I had I had to leave the postal service last year. But anyways, long story short. I never, I never cut the song before Nana died. And then when, when my cousin was doing the eulogy, uh, it was so beautiful. And, and, and I just said to my wife afterwards, I said, cause the next day was father's day. I said, I'm bringing my guitar up to the lake and I got to play this fucking song for mm. family. Like, you know, it sucks that, you know, I, I held on to it as long as I did, but, um, yeah. Um, but, where am I going with that? Is uh, we're 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 talking about uh, oh, the old man's voice. Yeah, but it's like you know, I always and I always had like a way about me where where like like I'm you know, considering myself older or whatever. But uh, I definitely know what you mean, and uh, yeah, uh, but that yeah, it's I mean it's it's like I said when I feel like the voice if you if you were on a voice thing and they would turn around and be surprised that that's that's you because it's. <laughs> It's it's old fashioned, but it's uh, crooked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's old fashioned, but it's it's there's I don't know. It's you can feel, you can feel it. I mean, and that's the only way I can say it, I can think to say it is that you there's emotion in it, and you can hear there's like a slight vibrato. I guess is what you'd call into it, but oh, yeah. it's it's got like a it's like makes it shaky, and it makes it sound like a shaky old man, but it's it's good, and I mean. I, I, I get, like I said, I hate listening to my voice. I don't, I hate listening to it. I don't see it. When I grew up, I had a speech impediment growing up and I, I didn't like talking in front of people. I didn't like to do any of that stuff. So that's why I kind of get over it. I do a podcast and I play in a band and I force myself to get in front of people. I still hate the way I sound, but I wear the, my headphones and my, my son Gibson, he, he laughs. He goes, Jesse, he goes, daddy, you got a, a pot. I don't like your podcast voice. I'm like, why? He goes, because it's different. I'm like, cause I can hear myself. So I know how to control my voice instead of just being all over the place. That's what my wife gets annoyed about is that is that um, well I traveled a lot when I was younger and mm-hmm. like well and and this is something that I don't even chalk it up to when I was a boy I was really into NASCAR and and like you know I'm from Pennsylvania but I always have this like drawly thing that I do and 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 it's it's never like trying to be insincere or anything I've been just doing it for so long mm-hmm. and but like my wife always like calls me out on how like when I'm around some people like my voice like has a different twang oh. <laughs> and, and, and it, I don't try to do it. It just happens. Like, you know, I'm from, I'm from Northeastern Pennsylvania, but I can, but 
also though it was kind of like uh when i was traveling it was kind of like a survival uh, like coping mechanism because it's mm-hmm. like you go to places and you kind of want to blend or whatever and you kind of want to try to pick something up and uh, i love the south though and um i'm like when me and my wife like our goal like our dream in life is that when our kids are all grown hopefully there's some you know some passive income to the point where we could sell our house and sell everything and get one of those bitching rvs and just like hopefully be blessed enough to go into like you know some bars or places and say oh that's the guy that wrote so-and-so yeah like you know that that's 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 what it'd be cool one day to just live like that just travel and she can do her uh uh on the fly like yoga stuff and everything um but that that, the one thing that bummed me out about that song was that i missed that guitar when 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 the pandemic when it was going on everybody was getting the stimulus money we didn't need it because i worked i was i was i was a mailman and um so i was like we were able to buy things that we like i got i got a d18 i always wanted a d18 i had every like kind of martin up to that price point except one and i always wanted one and i loved that guitar but when i had my disconnect back in october uh i sold it to greg <laughs> so it's kind of funny on on the song john prine he he owns both of those guitars now he's got he's got his d35 and he's got my 18 but um i love that guitar and and uh, i also had a sonic blue strat that i play on that reggae song it was a sweet guitar. I bought it off a dude from Texas, um, 96 Sonic Blue Strat. And uh, I pawned that one off so that my wife can get her uh, certificate with something. But that's that's how I am. Like, I have priorities in life. Like, yeah, it's right. nice to have cool guitars, but to me, they're tools. Mm-hmm. And, like, all I have now in my arsenal is I got my two Yamahas. I got the, the FG800. I swear to God, that's the best guitar out there. Like, I, and I mean that. I've had this coming from somebody with Martins, and I got I got the one we, we name them in this house. The one's Woody, the one that doesn't have the pickup. Right. And the one with the pickup and the cutaway, that's Buzz. So we got we got Woody and Buzz, and then we got Dark. Stories. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I kids. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, I got two wish lists, or I got a few wish list items. I want a gut string one day, and I want to get um, uh, Mark Knopfler always made me want this. I don't even like the color red, but one of my biggest dream guitars is a red strap with a rosewood fretboard. Just just because of Knopfler, uh, I always I always thought it looked cool. And then my if I could have any guitar in the world, I would love to have a weathered and worn with the finish crack Sunburst J45, and 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 I'm good. I'll call it a day. And I would never even put a pickup in it. I just enjoy it for myself. I plan. There's a um, a guy's down here. His name is Rick Gunn. He does um, Rose Creek guitars, and it's custom made. And I'm like, okay, my my dream right now is I want to get a custom made guitar. And I want. I thought about for the band, but like, no. I said I'm gonna do it for the podcast. I'm gonna get a Georgia Songbird guitar made just for the podcast. And I like I'll, I'll use them, but I'll collect them too. I've got like I've got them up there, so I'll pull them down and play them. Now I don't play the Gibson out because it's that was like the first real guitar that I ever got. I play all the just a Gibson. What kind you got? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know the name. I don't know the numbers of it. It's just an old acoustic guitar. I can get it and show it to you. Yeah, is it like is it like one of those uh like those like uh the like the songbirds or the hummingbirds or probably like, it's uh, like the, art, the artwork on it. Mm, I don't know. Let me grab. I show you. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll check it out. I love old Gibsons. It's a CL20. Oh, wow. I like that one. It's got the, I call it the mustache bridge. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And I like that pick guard too. 
Yep. Wow. Can I see the headstock? Oh, yeah. That's cool. It looks like it might be um, mahogany on the back and sides. Yeah, it's it's a nice guitar. Oh, it's beautiful. You strum a chord on it? Yeah. It sounds like a Gibson. Yeah, stays in tune even when you don't play it for very much. Well, that, 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 that's how my Yamahas are, too. I just... It's funny because like I, I like I love good guitars, but like I just I know like what what my priorities are in life. Like I can't like. And the funny thing is though, Jesse, I don't even like like when I buy guitars. If I buy a new guitar, like a brand new guitar, mm-hmm. I don't like buying the expensive ones. I mean, the the D18 was an exception, um, but generally by rule of thumb, if I'm gonna buy a real guitar like a, a Martin or a Gibson, I like the old ones because like they're like wine. If they're taken care of, they sound way better than they do when they're off the line. Martin more so than Gibson. Like Martin, they still off the line because I, I, I actually live like an hour away from Nazareth. Okay. So like yeah, before they put tattlers on our trucks, I was actually, because my one route takes me by there. I was, I'd actually go in there and I'd play guitars <laughs> and they – they make a good guitar off the line as far as like giving you that vintage warm tone that you want. Gibson, on the other hand, can't say the same. I just like what something they did in their production along the line, like their guitars, they're just too thin and tinny. Like if you get a Gibson, like um, you got to get, get, get an old one because you're, you're almost better off too. Cause like some of the, um, some of like the older, older 45s, like you might pay a little more, but you're going to get a better tone. And uh to me, that's just my dream is getting like one of those like 50s, like sunburst, weather worn J45s to go with that old voice that you tell me that I got, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, need, you need old beat up guitar that's scratched yeah. and got dings. This guitar actually, there's, you probably can't see it on here, but down here at the bottom, like I've, I've told a story, it's beat up a little bit. Yeah. Because I was in Florida. Oh, I like and, that rose. That the row, the I call it the circle around the sound hole. It's called something like a rosette or something like that. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't notice it in the first light, but yeah, was, that's a nice one. But it, I was actually in Florida, and I was supposed to. And the reason I've told this story on a podcast before, I don't know if you've heard it, but I'll tell it again. I was went to play at here. There's there's used to be a club here in Georgia called Cowboys, and they had a Colgate Country Showdown. So I went to play. Well, the the building caught on fire while we were there. So we said, let's go to Florida. I don't know why we decided to go to Florida today, but we took the, my mom and me and my son, cause I was going through divorce at the time. Cause Diana's my, my second wife and my last, I ain't getting married again. But, um, <laughs> so we went down there and I was so drunk cause I, I love Lynchburg lemonade. I, I don't drink anymore either. I'm not really a big drinker. I stopped drinking last year, but I used to love Lynchburg lemonade. You know, that's Jack. And I don't know if you know Lynchburg lemonade. I like I, I, I'm a quick study. As soon as you said Lynchburg lemonade, I was like, I, I had bad man. I was a drunk. Like, like, you now people say, what's the difference with that and alcoholic? The difference is, is that I, like I cold turkey. I, I quit drugs, cigarettes, and and alcohol all one shot, all cold turkey. Um, but um, I was a drunk. Like I'm the kind of guy that if you give me a can of, and I like, I know what I like too. I like cheap cold can of beer, or like one day. That's like my beer day or one day I have a vodka day with vodka and juice or just straight gym. And, and, uh, but that sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. Lynchburg lemonade. That's so I don't know if you've ever been to Florida and, and they got a pineapple willies. They make like this big drink of Lynchburg yeah. lemonade. Well, I almost fall off the balcony 
the guitar hit the balcony and caught. So that's why it's all scratched. I was like, okay, I'm going to the beach. So I don't, if I fall, it doesn't hurt. And so I took the guitar down to the beach and I played for a little bit and I started coming back to my son. Uh, he was, he was young. He was like nine or 10. He was worried about me. I was like, I'm all right, son. Come on, let's go back. So we started walking back and these people saw I had my guitar. I said, Hey, come play some music. I'll get you some drinks. I was already drunk. So, but they ended up getting me more and more Lynchburg. I said, son, I'm going to the room. I'm, I'm going to go play guitar. I sat there by these people and I was so drunk. I only can remember one song and I played it for two hours. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But that, that, that's, that's the story that I had. Like I said, that, that was fun. And anybody takes guitar, you know, you, you know, if you're out, you got a guitar, but who wants you to come play by the poolside? That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't recommend him being that drunk, but I do remember, recommend playing. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get you one more song on here. Um, Drew, which one you want to hear for your last song? Um, let's uh, let's do the John Prine song. That's that's a song that um, I'm gonna want to try to really keep. Like I've I've been making new friends and 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 striking up what I call I guess you call them IG, but I call them pen pal correspondences. I I, I really like. I really, I mean, that's what we got going on. I really love, I love like chatting with like cool, like-minded people. That's like one of my like little side hobbies that I have is like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send people these, the, the link to this song. And, um, some of them I get to talk and I end up chatting with them like all night. And, you know, you know, that's to me, that's awesome. And that's, I'm trying to, this song in particular, I just, John Prine is, you know, I was funny as I, I, I seen that his, uh, his wife, Fiona, actually, um, she glances at some of the stuff. And then, but I never, I, I sent her a message. I never heard from her, but um, like, you know, I mean, you could see how people like, or they yeah, like, I, I, one of the hashtag picture posts I had on my page, she liked it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. John Prine's wife. But uh, I hit her up. She didn't, she didn't, uh, she didn't reply. So um, I don't know, maybe one day, uh, the old boy records family can uh, throw me a bone or something. <laughs> well, I'm going to mute us and let's take a listen. To John Prime, I hope this letter finds you well. Been meaning to write it for some time. I'll have to pay the extra postage Seeing as you've gone to paradise Bet you get these letters By the dozen I know most of them probably say the same But I'm not asking you For any favors No, I was just hoping I could Pick your brain could you tell me what's it like up there in heaven? Is it everything you thought it might be? Are the ashtrays made of gold or are they silver? Have you met an angel from Montgomery? time in Nashville I wish I could have sang a song for you 
Maybe somewhere down the line we'll meet up. Together we could sing them flashback blues. You can tell me, what's it like up there in heaven? If it's everything you thought it might be. With the mesh trays made of gold or maybe silver. And all them angels from Montgomery. Everything you thought it might be Are the ashtrays made of gold Or are they silver Have you met an angel from Montgomery Dear John Prine, I hope this letter finds you well Yes, is heaven's meatloaf any good? Yeah, I like that one. I do too, man. And that's like you know, like it's like sometimes I do like hearing hearing me. That 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 that's I, I just I just always like that song. And and uh, it was funny because when I was doing the homegrown uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever it was, George Graham, he's like a local like uh, personality legend with the radio. He uh, he really wanted me to do that song for uh, the homegrown because you know a lot of the listeners are big John Prine fans, and I was struggling to get a good take of that song because like I was like putting pressure on myself and I actually have to call him. He was on vacation this week. I I, I don't think this he's gonna he's gonna go for it, but I want to be like, can you just play the record version of that because that's just that that take is just Greg's guitar is just like so perfect for that mm-hmm. song, and um, I just. Uh, I liked it because there was an honesty to it. I wasn't like trying to over sing it or whatever. It's just like a, like a soft, like, cause it's what it was. It was a letter uh, in my head. I was writing to John Prine up in heaven, walking around the mail route. And uh, yeah, I, I like that song too. And that's why, that's why I'm trying to share it with people and uh, maybe make some new friends and, and uh, you know, get, you know, get some invitations to be a part of some things with John Prine and, and, and not because I want attention because I love John Prine and I love, I love, love talking John Prine. I love, uh, I love people that like John Prine. Cause it's, 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 it is, it's definitely like a, like a circle of people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, he's famous, but he's not so famous where, you know, like I'll play, I'll play a, a brewery or somewhere and, uh, I'll, I'll get to that song. Cause you know, it's kind of slower and I have to like, I'm just finger picking the middle. It's not like there's anything entertaining going, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I'll be playing it and like, there's some people there that are, that are teary eyed and, and, and they're really into it because they know John Prine and other people don't care. That's what I'm saying. It's like, he's, you know, he, John Prine's not like everybody has known, but the people that know him, they know him. And I thought that song was cool because like, I didn't think I was like, like the lines and stuff that I borrowed, I thought they were like, 
like placed the right way and um like what i do at a gig now is like i'll play paradise because that's that's like the song of his that like like mm-hmm. i never heard of him i'm not even gonna lie to you i was i was i just started playing uh i took a road trip out to western part of the state and i was doing my like you know i was only playing the guitar for a month or two and i was playing in these college houses and doing my bob dylan folky thing and uh some dude said to me he said do you ever hear john Prine?" i said no and he played in spite of ourselves with iris dement and i just like wow this guy's cool and and i started getting into him his stuff and then it wasn't for a couple years later though until i spent those days in nashville with mike where i really and then i went to oklahoma and i i found this copy of it was called the it's on his spotify page the singing mailman delivers and it was all his demo cuts and it was like wow this guy's awesome and paradise I just love that song. And Fiona, his wife, actually took his ashes and put him in the Green River that he talks about in the song, oh, which I thought, which I thought that was awesome when I heard that. Yep that that is that is really cool. And next, when you it's a hook, and a lot of people that when you say "Dear John Prine," songwriters, older songwriters will probably that ears will perk up a little bit because a lot of them were influenced by John Prine or by somebody that John Prine influenced. Sure. It's just it's how it is. Now the newer people they may not, and that's fine. I mean, like Katie Osmond is one of my favorite songwriters. I loved her. You know, I, that was one person I wanted to meet, but she passed away. I didn't get to meet her. And then like I had a bucket list too. I wanted to do a song with George Jones because that was my grandfather's favorite. Oh, artist, George. You know, and that's because Papa <laughs> taught me guitar a little bit, and then I wanted to do a song that way. I didn't get to, so that was kind of bucket list stuff that, that I missed out on. You know, I'm laughing because I used, to, I used to have this, like, little little gig like, I was, I was living, like, you know, like I said, I'd move from couch to couch, and, so, and I had this one gig where I was, like, there was this, these bluegrass people, and, like, they didn't really write much, and I was the songwriter, so, like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, write, like I'd write songs, and, like, nothing that I was trying to make money off of, just, I was just trying to have a roof over my head and eat, like, we'd have this pizza jam place, mm-hmm. but one of the things, the one guy, the guy that played fiddle, him and I, we'd we'd stay up all night. We'd watch all these like George Jones like drunk videos and stuff. <laughs> I used to love that stuff. Like, <laughs> From yeah. driving the tractor down the road. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wife took his keys. Yep. There's a Vince Gill video. I can't remember the name of it of the song now. He's got George Jones in it driving his tractor down the road. <laughs> great. That's great. That's so cool. Those old guys were were uh I I love um uh, like when 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 I go when I go out and, and and like I say I play country music or whatever, people have a different expectation and it bugs me, because in my opinion and and speaking of and making this relevant to the Dear John Prine song, one of the things that I loved about John is in the end of his life, he was very passionate about discovering uh, new artists and giving them opportunities to put them on. And one of them, he's a guy that I, I did a song, I didn't put it on the best of. But um, it was a it was a pretty country song. And, and, and Eric said to me, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm getting Sturgill vibes. And I was like, who are you talking about? And and I got into I started listening to Sturgill Simpson. I was like, wow, this guy's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And I started reading about him and I learned how cool he was. And I have the same stance and view of the country market today that Sturgill has is that a lot of them, they're not country and they're not and they're not real. In my opinion, I mean, I, I've been disconnected for a while but there's really not that many of them and one of them that i think who is awesome it's a guilty pleasure and a cliches i think chris stapleton is amazing oh he, I think, yes I, I think he has everything i think he has the voice i think he has the guitar playing the, the the songwriter he's just 
he's awesome. I, and But there's not a lot of them that I could say that about. Like a lot of them, they're just too cookie cutter for me. And like some of the songs when I'm driving and I'll, I'll tune the radio to the country station, I'll be like, that's not even a country song. They didn't even try to overdub like the, the synth fiddle on that one. Like it doesn't even have anything country, but like the, some of these guys, like it's pop music. It's like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's not good music. I'm just saying, cause you know, millions of people are listening to it. They're right. doing something better than I am, <laughs> but, but it, it's like Tom Petty pissed a lot of people off in, the, in his life. Cause he used to say most of the country music on the radio today is pop music with a fiddle trying to be thrown into it. Right now. Not everybody's like that. Like I said, you got Stapleton and all that. But uh, Sturgill Simpson, though, that line at the end of that John Prine song, "How is Heaven's Meatloaf any good?" is I read where when Sturgill Simpson first met John Prine, he was in a studio, and John Prine just showed up, and it was like, "Oh shit, it's John Prine!" And, and the first thing John Prine ever said to Sturgill Simpson is, "Hey, you want to get some meatloaf?" <laughs> <laughs> that was always a he was all about the meatloaf like and see and that's that's funny because the songwriters and that's that's one thing i tell songwriters is you never know who you're going to meet songwriters the especially or the older ones are very real people they you talk about like stapleton and stuff and the way they write stapleton he's more blues i think than country now he can do anything he wants because he did he was with steel drivers and he did the bluegrass and he's done rock he, he can sing whatever it doesn't matter what you put in that man I consider Chris Stapleton soulful man because yeah. the last record that he put out, uh, the one that had that um, that one song, the the, the hit um, that that is a beautiful song. I, I kept listening. What's the name of it? Um, you know the song. Well, roll rolls out like a welcome man. Yeah. Well, that album. parachute. That parachute. No, not parachute. Um, it's from that album though, because Cole was my favorite song. <laughs> huge hit song it's it's what really got me into them too why can't i remember because i remember at the, at the post office when we'd be casing our routes they play the country station because it was the only one to get and one day that song came on and i was like who's that that is awesome and and i got really into them and that that album though you got country you got blues you got mm-hmm. funk, you got soul like i like that one song uh um it's really cool uh uh you should probably leave that's that's yes. a great He's that's what I'm saying though. It's like he's he's cool. Like like I can go out. I'd I'd pay money if he was playing near me. I'd pay money to go and see that man because I know I'd get entertained. And and I, I think the reason why I mean besides that he's he's just fucking awesome is that it's something that's different. It's something that they want to hear. He's taking the blues like when he did Tennessee whiskey. He took the you know because that's a that's a uh, David Allen Cole song. But he but took. I, call, I call him out on that. I always say that's Ed James. So Ed James, I, I'd rather go blind. Yes. Yeah. But he took. He it shows that blues and country are so similar, and you can put them together. And I love blues music, and I love the soul music, and I and I, I'll say soul and blues the same thing to me. But I who's just. I, who's the daddy? Of, who's the daddy of country music? I'm gonna say George Strait. I love I George Strait. I'm not going to argue with you, but I'm, but, but, but I'm going to say Hank Williams. And I, well, he's like the godfather of country. And, and, and how did he make country music? He was just a boy down in Alabama that took folk and blues and put it together. That's mm-hmm. what country is. Well, look what Elvis did. I mean, look sure. at Elvis. I mean, that was all rock and roll. That was, he took a lot of the blue stuff and just put it on the radio. And because of he was Elvis, it took off. I mean, he got so much shit from doing the, the I love. 50s music like mm. i like when i we, what you know in my, my my handle 
Sleepwalk songs. That's what, like one of my favorite songs. Do you, you do you know the tune? The uh, yes, I do. I actually got my tune. Let me see if I still. Sleepwalk. That, all right, that's like. Uh, uh, what uh, is his name? Hang uh, on, I'll my show you. Life. Um, but uh, like when I'm at a gig, Jesse, you know what I do sometimes? I feel sometimes. If see, if, uh, I'll play Rumble. Because <laughs> like people, people they'll they'll hear it and they'll be like, oh wait, like that Pulp Fiction or something. Like they don't, they don't really know the guy or the song, but like, I love that old fifth like. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get the band going, I'm going to try to get green onions down. And, uh, cause that's another one of my favorite guitar players, uh, Steve Cropper. Um, when I was a kid, uh, uh, green onions, that was like my theme song. Like, like, uh, cause you know, I heard it in the sandlot when I was a kid and I was like, that's a cool song. And, um, I'll just love when, when Cropper comes in the wow, you know, he, 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 another cool guitar player, like, like, uh, you know, not overdoing it serving the song right. hitting the right notes and the right you know like that bark i love that like that aggressive like albert king freddie king kind of like just going at going at it like uh yeah so you can see on the screen there just there's sento and johnny oh Deep yeah it's a great, great song i do this thing at my gigs where like i don't i don't do a lot of covers but i do this thing where on the set list it says sleepwalking mm-hmm. slash stand by me because what i'll do is I'll run like the uh, well. I like I like putting the capo on the first fret, and I'll run like the um, the progression of with doing the scale on it, uh, like the the C A minor. Now where where it makes it sleepwalking, it's just sleepwalking. Sleepwalk goes to the F minor, which is really cool. Uh, but I'll go to the F, and I'll do that for a little bit, and then I'll take like a change, like I'll go A minor G F C blah blah blah. But when I let it that when I get like when I've looking around the room thinking like our people probably had enough now i'll let that c kind of like sit there and then i'll just get that chugging rhythm going into stand by me and and i'll play that and that's Mm -hmm. that's like one of my favorite parts of the night because that's stand by me when i was a kid like a little kid i used to to croon that song and i love that song and stand by me is like it's like my top five favorite song of all time i'll never get sick of singing it that was one that we would cover with alan because he had the the r&b voice so we would do we would do stand by me i remember playing at the battery in atlanta and i had to tell him we were playing it and there's people singing saying hey the, the girl dinner dancing singing take the microphone on there and let them sing we'll, we'll just we'll just continue to play through it you know because it's people love the song and that's one song that you can stretch out for however long you want to and people just dance and sing and be part of it. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's a great song. And that's, that's what you said earlier, about like songs that are great that just transcends time. That's what I want. I want to write a song that when I'm gone, it can still be heard on the radio or heard or somebody singing, somebody cuts. I don't care. It, it doesn't have to be me singing. I don't even care if I'm singing. Like I said, I'm more of a songwriter than I'm a singer. Cause I have to be, <laughs> I'm, I'm a songwriter because I am. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I mean, uh, you know, um, that's that's what it's all about is like uh well to be honest with you though jesse i i would i would really love if somebody that wants the limelight sang my song <laughs> for for a lot of reasons i would love it i mean mm-hmm. primarily though and, and i'm not just saying this to like sound like like hippie or whatever like like primarily like because then the, like the song got where where you know it was intended to go i mean i'm not gonna lie the other the other part of it's nice too but um because you know we all got we got bills to pay and kids to feed and stuff like that but but i mean um i'm not gonna do it like like i said i walk away from this like I've, I've had two or three times in my life where i've had some serious momentum 
and I just disconnect. I pull the plug. I, you know, I lose the contacts. I sell the guitars. I, I, I just don't, I listen to talk radio, but then that gets me mad because like I'm, I'm a lifelong registered independent, but I lean a certain way. I'm not going to say what that way is, but, <laughs> but I'm not totally that way because like I'm, I'm this way about other things, but that's what I'm saying. I'll get, I'll get to the point where I'll get burned out of that too. Like where, yeah. Uh, well, driving. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a sign. We see the cat in front of me. Yeah. 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 Get off of it. Hang on a second. She's made the music play. <laughs> I don't even know what music she did. How'd you do that cat? <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say, cause same thing with us about the song getting there. There's a lady in Pittsburgh that's cutting one of my songs. Oh, uh, Miss awesome. Freddie. I don't know if you know, uh, Freddie Stover. She's from the Pittsburgh area. She's like a, a blues lady. She's cutting one of my songs. Yeah. And so I like that. And I do, and I'm, I'm going to get you on it too. When I do it, I do a Georgia versus series for the podcast and for the show. Um, basically I take eight Georgia songwriters and I put them up against eight songwriters from another state. Oh, cool. And then I let them take over the, the Facebook page and they get points by like shares and views. But, um, I'm, I haven't done Pennsylvania yet. I'm going to get you guys on because I'm, I'm meeting a lot of songwriters from Pennsylvania and, you know, it always intrigues me because I know the Georgia scene. I'm in the Georgia scene. I, I play out. I know a lot of the guys, and I'm meeting a lot of the new kids coming up. And I know a lot in Nashville on the Tennessee side. But we did North Carolina last year or year before, and then Kentucky was last last one. So right now it's come down to three states. It's either Alabama, um, Texas, or Pennsylvania because I know I'm knowing some songwriters. Okay, the Texas tone, though. Oh, but, yeah. I'll tell you something though. I got a song that I definitely hear you cutting is um, I had a friend of mine. Uh, this is like, th I'm full of these, by the way, I got to write a book someday or something. Cause it's like all the people I've met and stuff and stories, but I'll tell you this one, I'll tell you as quick as I can. I knew this guy, uh, Mike Chafin. Hope he's doing all right. Really cool guy. Just like a local. Well, he's from Virginia, but mm. local to me in the sense that he, you know, play out in the bars. Great guitar player he can play the banjo play the slide guitar play like he play lead for people like he'd go out and make their stuff sound he things and he writes too but one night it was like one of the last nights i ever got really drunk i was at this place uh he was playing with my buddy greg who plays lead guitar on the um john prine and um we, were, we got to talking and we were talking about all kinds of stuff he used to own a music store down in virginia and i forget how he was friends with him but he was friends with bill kirchin i don't know if you know who that is mm -hmm. Um, did you ever hear of Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen? No. That's some cool music. That's mm -hmm. like uh, country western swing meets like Grateful Dead. That's okay. that's cool stuff. But um, he was the lead. They, Hot Rod Lincoln was a hit they had. They had some hits. But um, he was uh he was uh actually I'll, I'll save that story for another time because that's that's getting off the point of what the relevance of what I'm mentioning. This is Mike and I were talking and we were talking about the band, and Mike Mike would always like have these controversial uh because that was when the dead was like touring that one summer you know and uh mike would always like have these like posts and stuff like saying how it's not the dead without jerry and everything and and uh so but anyways we were talking about the band and we were, we were saying how you know we didn't like robbie robertson and blah 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 which by the way i seen a film last year or so that kind of changed my view on robbie a little bit but um from negative to a little more positive but um long story short we were talking about the night they drove old dixie down you know because mike was you know mike's a southern guy 
and uh, he said, I'm a big Civil War buff, too, by the way. Like, I love the Civil War. I'm all about it. And um, I'm very versed in my history of generals and all that. And we got to talking and he said, Drew, he's like, the one thing that always bothered me about that song is that the line where he says, back with my wife in Tennessee, when one day she called to me, Virgil, quick, come see, there goes Robert E. Lee. He said, Drew, Robert E. Lee, you can look this up, was never in the state of Tennessee. And and he was right. And 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 so I had this it's the song for favor senor it's on my it's on my 10 years i like I had, that song too I'd, I'd listen to it i do too and when i play that at a gig it's a trippy stretched out experience those chords are really fun they're like last summer i had this dominican bass player it never materialized a gigging with him mm-hmm. but when we get to the middle on our rehearsals he'd turn it into a bachata song and i just run the a minor scale over like a bachata that was a lot of fun but um that song, the reason I wrote that song is because I wrote a song called Senior Lee, which was an autobiographical song that I wrote about Robert Lee, who I shamelessly have admired since I was a little boy. And, you know, I, I still do. And I like because I wrote the song and it wasn't even an offensive song. It was just an autobiographical song. And I thought it was very well written. I still do. And I demoed it once. But when I was going to record it on one of those albums, my wife, that was when they were tearing the statues down and everything. My wife said to me, not because she didn't like, she was just doing it thinking, saying that like, you shouldn't probably cut that because people are going to like, and that's why I don't do, I don't do politics and I don't engage right. in it because it's, it's stupid. Like you can lose people that could be your friends or your fans or whatever you want to call them just because of it. So I don't touch it, but I was mowing the grass. I was pissed off because I had that piece of music like eight years or something like that, where it was just an instrumental jam I'd do with people. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, like I got to cut that. <laughs> and when you're doing solo acoustic rhythm guitar, you can't just cut an instrumental like that. You got to have something to go with it. So I was cutting the grass and that guy came to me, the guy that was trying to get across the border. And uh, I wrote his story, but long story short, you, uh, you know, as, as, as a, cool cat and you know you got the georgian uh background that i don't have i might i might have to send you that that demo one of these days and maybe uh maybe it's something you might be interested in taking a stab at absolutely i'd love to i love trying to do stuff like that i'll, I'll be more than happy to yeah even if at least or whatever like it'd be a song like you know you could sing more conviction to it than i can because you know you're from the south i'm not yeah but uh, um that's the first line of the song, though, is long story short, is is one thing I know is Robert E. Lee never been to Tennessee. <laughs> it just goes from there. Would you quit jumping on? This cat is going to tang- tangle herself all in the... <laughs> She's wrapping herself around the cord and around her throat. I was like, come on, cat. Give me a break. Major, I've had fun. I've had a good time. I like, enjoy talking to you. Like, it's like, you know, sometimes like sometimes I'll set up these like uh, interviews with like these newspaper people and stuff like that, and it's like... Mm-hmm it's like a chore to me to talk to them, but like, I, I could talk to you for hours. And then the, yeah. I really sincerely hope that you and I can get together someday. Like, um, yes. my travel, my traveling days aren't done. Um, I gotta like, you know, I gotta make some things happen to be in a position to travel again with, you know, four kids and mm-hmm. one income family. But I really would love to get together with you and, and, uh, talk more like in person play guitars together share a bill together in a venue somewhere i would i would definitely love to cross paths with you absolutely i think you would do really well here in georgia 
Um, that means a lot. There's a lot of, cause I always considered myself a Southern soul, even though, even though, cause my, my family, I've always, I'm the black sheep. Mm-hmm. They're all like a kind of way and they don't understand me and they never did. And they never <laughs> will. And like, I always thought like I was a Southern soul, even though yep. I'm, but well, then so they, I, they're I, the black sheep and you're normal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> means a lot to me. Yeah. There, there's a, a lot of venues down here. I think you would do, you would do good work. And I mean, cause I'm thinking right now off the top of my head, Rootstock who does like the, is always one of the sponsors for the Georgia series. Uh, the way we set it up, I know it's probably a little bit farther, but they always will take the, the winner and let them do a gig in there. They got a listening room now and there's so much music around Georgia lately that, I mean, I would love to turn Georgia into like a little, another Nashville because I don't know if you've been to Nashville lately. Nashville is is a rougher town than it used to be. I was there 10 years ago. That's yeah. be- that's because all the, all the, um, cause Mike, the guy that I stayed with that I hold up with when he was down, he, he gave me the whole rundown and, and he, he called a lot of what you're saying. He called mm-hmm. it because what was happening is that a lot of the, and by the way, I wrote a song that I never released that, um, I wrote it in the basement. I called it this town and it was kind of me sharing my, my, uh, disdain, with the town that I had built up in my head as being so awesome where I was disappointed with it. And it was funny because when I played at the bluebird, like I said, like I, I only had like a, whatever it was like a 15 or 20 minute spot for mm-hmm. one of the rider night things or whatever. Cause that's yeah. all you get. And I played, I forget what I even played, but I remember I was walking out of the place and the bouncer, he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, where are you going, dude? And I go, I'm trying to go find some more places to play. And he's like, he's like, you're at the bluebird. And it didn't sink in with me. I didn't appreciate like where I was enough that like, cause again, like I was never like the kind of look at me, look at me kind of guy. I want to go and play. I want to go play some songs. I met this girl though. And she gave me her story about how she came down from Colorado and everything. That's where I write in the song where she came from Colorado, something, something like that. But I'm, I'm just saying this town, like, you know, it's, and then I, I seen some other places uh, that I liked. Um, I liked uh, I liked Denver was cool. I was there, but uh, yeah. I want to Georgia. Uh, I've been to twenty some, if not thirty some states or whatever, and Georgia's one that I haven't. Really? I've never. Been and I always wanted to go to Georgia because um, for so many reasons. Like when I was a kid, I mean Mets, but I grew up watching the Braves because they were on TBS all the time. Mm-hmm. So like. I'm a Mets like well, I don't follow baseball, anymore, but my um the Mets started bringing these black hats back, and my brother he knew how much I loved this hat. I was pissed. I was the only again I, black sheep. I was the only person in my family that missed the black Mets. Uh, hat. <laughs> so they bought me this hat, and I wear this where I go because I love it. But um uh yeah no and and then like a lot of songwriters like uh, Zach Brown's a guy I love, mm-hmm. great songwriter. And again, people like Zach Brown, people like Chris Stapleton, they defy the genre trappings like when i listen to zach brown or chris Stapleton, like there's that country overtone to it i say overtone rather than undertone because you know they got the southern right all that. but there's so much more going on they're not just like cut and dry cookie cutter poppy glittery country guys they're cool dudes that can mm-hmm. get down hard and jam and and uh that's what I mean. There's a lot of stuff about Georgia that is always, and then, uh, and again, uh, you know, the, what do they call that one monument? I always wanted to see that if they uh, Oh, uh, Stone Mountain. Yeah. If they Stone didn't Mountain. Oh yeah. That's a mountain. This is built a mountain. It ain't going anywhere. Yeah. No, I always, I always love that. Cause I love that stuff. And you know, the funny thing is like, 
people don't they don't they don't get it like they don't they, they don't do their homework they people live in people live in black and white i thrive in the gray and uh it's like um you know if you ever if you ever actually did any research on robert e lee or stonewall jackson or any of these people they weren't robert e lee actually wrote in his um his uh memoirs he was uh morally opposed to slavery his whole life and the only thing he was fighting for was for Virginia. And, and it's like, I put myself in that same situation. It's like, like, I don't care uh, what the rest of the people around me believe in. If, if you come and you draw arms on, on, on my people, I'm going to fight for them. Right. Um, that's like, that's I me. Mean, I just think there's a lot of misunderstandings in that era where like people don't get it. And um, I don't know. I just, I try to be careful with that stuff. Cause I got these views that are like very, <laughs> They're very, like, they're almost contradictory in a sense, some, some ways, but in other ways, like they make sense to me. And it's like, I, um, I love America and I know America has a lot of like problems, uh, more so than ever, but, um, I think it's the greatest country in the world. And, mm-hmm. and when people complain about it and, and say how bad it is and all that, it, it just, it just bothers me. Cause it's like, okay, we well, can go live in Finland or Sweden. And when, uh, Putin starts bombing you, you can see like how great it is over there or whatever, you know, like, uh, I'm sorry. I I just, I just, I just like, (laughs) I I don't talk about that stuff a lot, but it's just, you know, we're, we're living in this crazy world where we're paying $5 a gallon for gasoline. (sighs) Yeah. And I know, and I I, see my day job is I own a pest control company. So that's what I do during the day. And I'm, it takes $75 to fill my truck up every time. And as much as I work, it's about every other day. I'm like, oh my God. And so I was like, I got to start raising prices. It's just, it's, I got to cover it. And I know. I factored, I, gig, I factored into my gig rate. Like if I'm like, like next Saturday, I got a gig that I'm really excited about it. This uh, brewery, it's like literally like right down the street from me. Mm-hmm. I'll play there for, you know, a nice price because it's right down the street and it's local. But it's like, I factor in if I have to travel an hour or whatever, I got to ask you for an extra 50 bucks because just for the gas, not right. for the time. It's everywhere. Uh, and I know that's what I, that's a whole nother story and a whole nother podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not done with it yet. I'm going to, we're going to ask a couple more questions, but I want you, before we get into that and I'm going to let you listen to that song we was talking about. Um, but tell everybody where they can find you, Drew, all social media, all that stuff that you got. It's, it's a uh, one size fits all. It's a, uh, you can either look me up on Instagram, uh, sleepwalk songs, which I think is pretty easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleepwalk songs because and and i got that half because of santo and johnny and half because my one buddy he said some of my music bedtime music so <laughs> so it's so like I, I figured i, I put that out there and the same thing if you want to if if, if instagram is not your cup of coffee and you want to like you heard a song and and and, and you like it or something and you want to like i i'm old school where uh, i like the 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 I'm not, I'm not going to get a letter in the mail from you, but if you send me an email, I think that's cool too. And, and the email is the same thing. Sleepwalks okay. at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, friends can, you know, if, if they heard something or whatever, I, I always love that story um, in Towns Van Zant documentary where so many people tried to make Towns big, but he just never wanted it. It's not what he struggled for. And but like they there's this one part where the the guy i forget what his name was that was like really trying to put him on and he said he was just overwhelmed at like all the letters in the mail that people would would send to him saying how much towns touched their lives and stuff and that i love that i love 
I love reading because because to, to me that's like somebody's taking the time because that's we live in this world where it's like everything has to be instant and nobody nobody like I like when I read something that you wrote to me like it means a lot to me because you took the time to sit down and, and collect your thoughts and share them with me and, and I love that so I mean I definitely you know it's just the same on the Instagram Messenger. But I mean, when you send me like an email, I consider that like a, a very heartfelt gesture. So, yeah. Uh, and then if they want to listen to the music, I mean, I I make every, all the links readily available and like the places to listen through Instagram. But another what I think is easy to remember is hyperfollow.com slash sleepwalk songs. Mm-hmm. You go that your one stop shop for I don't do like I, when I was younger, I had the website. And I don't do that stuff anymore. I don't I don't feel like paying the rent. And uh I just don't, I just like Instagram's free. It's easy enough for me. I can show you, I tell you where I'm gigging. I can, I can tell you where to listen to music tell you yeah. when I got new coming out. So I think Instagram's awesome. I don't, I don't like social media, but I do think they're pretty cool. It's a tool like everything else. I mean, yeah, cause I'm, I'm big. Like I said, I've had this conversation before about the problem with social media, but it is a tool and um, it's a tool that, that works for you. It can work against you. Uh, but it's a tool that you got that you got to kind of use, or you'll if you want to get the word out because people, like you said, they, the attention spans of people are so low nowadays that they just move on. Oh, it's they, horrible. And I learned to deal with it. Like when I was younger, I used to be an asshole, like because I'd be drinking at the gigs, and if, and if I was like, because if I'm if I'm in like a songwriter environment where I'm playing you like a song. And you're just, and I used to do shit like like I'd, I'd I'd call people out and say like oh I'm sorry I haven't bothered you or something like that but like I, I learned to like get used to it over the years and mm-hmm. and uh, the my favorite gigs are the gigs like you have like where you play for two hours and, and then you're leaving and the the lady will say oh everybody liked you oh I didn't hear anybody clap <laughs> like <laughs> right. Buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yay! It's- <laughs> Got my little. That's funny. All right. Well, we've been talking for a couple hours, so I've because I've enjoyed the conversation. So bad if I'm. That's what I mean. Like, because like it's cool. It's like you and me. We we talk on the messenger, and it's like I don't like I don't consider this like I'm talking to like I I just consider it that I'm blessed right. with the opportunity actually have a couple hours to talk to you because yep. uh, that's that's how i look at it too it's like i consider you a friend i don't i'm not like trying to like like uh plug myself or anything like that i just i'm just genuinely enjoying the conversation and, and and i have like i just think it's so awesome what you do like how you have this um selfless love and appreciation for songs and songwriters and it's it's a beautiful thing like i i was like when i came across you and i, I reached out to you i was like truly like touched and like wow this is awesome i mean you know i i'd be lying to you if i said that i've gotten a chance to fully dive into the, your whole catalog but i you know i've definitely checked you out and and you know like the one night um when you put my john prine on we listened to oh uh we had dinner and we had the kitchen going and, and you just have a great like voice and delivery the way you do everything like you and but that's why that's what i mean like you're a cool cat like you got you I like, I like your music too. Like, so it's, it's like, you're definitely like a full circle, awesome person in the songwriter uh, world, in my opinion. And I'm just grateful to have struck friendship with you. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, and that's, and that's what I wanted this show to be when I started the show, because I'm, I've been writing songs since I was 15 years old. 
Now, have I hit the number one hits? No, I'm like everybody else. I'm trying to get it out. I'm trying to find it. So I wanted it just to be a twofold kind of thing. One, I wanted it to get people's voices out. I started as Georgia because I knew Georgia. That's where I was at. I wanted to get people heard. So I don't know if anybody else talked to me or not, but we'll try it and see. And then it exploded, and like I get people all over the world. I love it. I think it's cool that they want to talk to me and talk music. Two, it's also a network. It, I want to build a network of people that, and you'll see when you get into the group messenger, when I put you in from when your song comes to the actual countdown, that there's all kinds of people. Like I've, I've met producers for Shakira. I've met songwriters that have written hits for years. I mean, it's, I've met a lot of people and then there's people that are just starting out and it's great to introduce everybody to everybody. And then, well, that's so, the name of the game, man. That's how you get, that's how you get like, uh, I've yet to like one day, you know, hopefully if I have the track record for it, I can have the opportunity to get in the, the, the writer's room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I consider myself like a lone wolf. Like I don't, I've never, I mean, maybe I've, yeah, yeah. there was a couple of loose co-writes that I've had, like where somebody said, hey, Drew, do you mind? I don't even know if they ever did anything or, or I don't, you know, like I didn't care enough to like, like where I've given them some stuff or I wrote some songs. But um, yeah, but what you're saying is like a network. That's that, that's like where you can like, you could share ideas with people and maybe you guys can write a cool song. Because like some people do things differently. Like some people write books better than other people do. Some people have better ideas. Some be like, that always interested me but it's like it's at the point where it 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 bothers me that's why like in my company where i work uh i'm telling them like listen i'm an out and about guy and i I don't advertise a musical by the way like people don't like i don't say that like they don't know and but i like when i'm not like in the warehouse because when i'm out on the road i'm writing songs and Mm. and and, you know because it softens the blow of not being what I like, I'm not like the handiest guy in the world, but I'm like my perfect day is I wake up, I put the coffee on, I take the kids to school, I come home, uh, I putz around on the guitar a little bit. And then like, I find things to do around the house. Like I'm, I'm a hard working man. I always have been, but I don't like, I don't like time. <laughs> Time's like, I mean, you saw today. I, I, you know, like, that's like, I, there's always something to do. And it's like, I don't like to like put myself on the constraints of like, you know, like I'm a songwriter and I don't, I don't have the, uh, the financial, you know, means that I wish I did from that. Mm-hmm. But so, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I come from a family where like all my, all my cousins and my brothers and my sisters, they're, they're all like lawyers and doctors and like things with titles and things that they, I'm a songwriter and they don't get it. Like they, they, it, you know, I, I, I'd rather be honest, like, you know, like my family, like if I'm playing somewhere, um, yeah, no, they're not, I'm not saying this about everybody in my family, but like some people, they come out and, and I almost want to be like, you know, what did you, why, why did you even come? You didn't, you didn't, you know what I mean? Like they don't take what I do. I'm not saying that I take it seriously, but it's like, like, uh, the boys even know, like at bedtime that they, they plead with me every night to the song, close your eyes. That's their bedtime song. They, they love that song, but like, they know, like if, if, you know, cause I look at it, it's like, um, you're not going to interrupt somebody when they're talking to you or whatever. So it's like the same thing. It's like, if you want to listen to my song, no, I'm not saying that when I play somewhere, I expect everybody not to talk or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's like, I just like, I just always, I just always find those people funny, like where they'll come up and go, Oh, you sounded great. Cool. <laughs> you know, um, 
I don't know. It's just, it, and it's cool. I get it. Like, I, I, I get it. It's like, they're not paying money to come see me. Like, like right. people, like, I get that. Like, the venue's paying me because I, that's the way I chalk it up in my head. And that's how I, I, it's how I get down with doing it is that I look at it as like, okay, this owner or whatever, they like the way I sound and they think that I would have a nice background in their place. Mm-hmm. That's what I consider myself getting paid to do. And it, and it, it is a job. It's a job. It's like, you know, you're going there, you're the background noise in this place where these people are coming to enjoy their, their life. And um, sometimes like yesterday I met this guy and he was, he was like crying like uh, some of my songs and like he got to talking to me on my break and that's what i love I, you do meet people like that like and it's kind of cool when you're in a room where you got like you're sitting in front of this table with these two couples and they're younger and they're 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 like kind of into it but they're kind of like more absorbed with whatever they're doing and that's cool like I, i'm i'm in their world but then like you'll have that other guy over here he's in tears it kind of like helps you with your connection in the room and it's mm-hmm. like it's it, at least there's like even as like I tell people all the time I've I've played some places where I've played to a lot of people, and I, I always tell people I would rather play in a room with a few people that are listening than in a room with tons of people where there's a lot of noise and that's just my preference. But. Yeah, I like songwriter rounds too. That but but I get it when you're playing at a at a restaurant or playing at a brewery, you are background noise, and. Yeah. So what I always do is I always try to get them involved by playing a game. So like I like I said, I hate covers. So when I do a cover, it's going to be different. So I always get make it a drinking game. It's like if you can figure out what I'm playing before I get to the hook, buy you a drink. Just shout it out if you can hear it. I said if you can't, then you got to buy me one. And because yeah. I'll do a cover of Prince when doves cry, and I slow it like way down, so it's hard for them to to get it. And then me and the band have actually just started doing a, a Paul Abdul straight up cover. And again, slowed it way down, and you wouldn't think it, we, we've turned it to a sad bluesy song, and <laughs> I really dig it. <laughs> See, that's that's awesome, and that's why I like like well, the only covers I do like yesterday because that's just fresh in my head that I do is I'm a big Jerry Garcia guy, mm-hmm. and like I'm more of a Jerry Garcia guy than a dead guy, and uh, I'll do this one medley where I'll play Midnight Moonlight. I don't know if you know that song or not. Mm-mm. I was but never I'm, a big Grateful Dead. Yeah fan i well, just a lot of their stuff song that because when jerry that's why jerry garcia that's why i said i'm more of a jerry garcia fan is jerry garcia band is more means more to me than the grateful dead because jerry jerry didn't really write like he wrote in the sense that he musically composed like with uh robert hunter who's mm-hmm. one of the songwriters that ever lived but um uh he would when jerry would play jerry because i love the way jerry plays guitar and i love the way jerry sings Jerry would just do good songs and midnight moonlight is a song that he got me into Peter Rowan, really cool bluegrass guy wrote it. And, um, when I do it, I'll do that and I'll go into steer it up because Jerry liked to do steer it up too, because it's in the same key. Like, and then, but, um, yeah, I do that. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is when I do these songs, I just do them the way Drew does them. Cause I've heard, I've heard Jerry do it. I've heard Bob do it. I've heard, you know, and it's like, I have like all kinds of influences in my head going on. And then like, I'll do stand by me. I love the way John Lennon does it. I love the original cut that Benny King did. I just have all these people going on in my head. Uh, like the only thing that I'll try to deadpan admit that maybe like I, I might try to do that John Priney accent on paradise a little bit. Cause I'm trying to sell that. But um, yeah, like when I was younger, I used to do Bob Dylan, like, 
you know, sound just like Bob Dylan, like an imitator almost, but oh, like yeah. in a way that, you know, I knew what I was doing. And, um, but, uh, uh, the last, the last thought of that is that, like I said, though, the best thing I ever did, especially as a bolo guy is, is scrap the pick. Like I, I, I was saying to myself for years, I was going to stop playing with a pick. Cause like I, I, I finger pick some song, but when I was younger, I sucked at finger picking. I could never do it. I never had like the dexterity or the focus to make them going at the right time with the mm-hmm. bass and the treble. But once I got, and then once I started, I, then I developed the style where like I'd flat pick, but I would also finger pick at the same time, if that made sense. Oh yeah. I do some of that stuff. Cause I, I could, I could always finger pick. I could never play with a pick. I play with a pick now, but I had to play with a light pick because I play so hard that I'm, yeah. I don't want to break the string. So I'd rather break the pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even, like I said, the best, and I said to myself for years, I'm going to, I'm going to lose the pick. I'm going to lose it. And it was the best thing I ever did because I have this dynamic to my sound more. It, it's, it's more so noticeable when I'm solo mm-hmm. and it gives me a sound that like, I don't sound like a guy strumming chords in a bar. Like, cause you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, yeah, I, I frail a little bit and I, you know, some of the stuff's a little scrummy, but like I have the freedom where even if I am doing that, I could still pick some notes and I can still pick some lines. And uh, it's just a lot of fun, but it's like, that's a standby me. I, 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 all right, I, have, I call this one this Towns Van Zant bend that I do that, that I got from Towns, but yeah. My dog is making noise. What, Bella? This is my new uh, addiction. I was over at uh, I never I never tried one of these until the other night, and uh, uh, my buddy, the guy that I'm gonna be is gonna be playing bass with me. He's like obsessed with them, and he's got like a fridge full of them. And he posts them on his Instagram. And, I, and he said to me the other night, we were, we were rehearsing. He said, do you want a water or something? And I said, I want one of those fancy drinks. And I usually, like, don't like shit like this. But uh, I'm all about these. I'm, like, addicted to them. I just bought them today. Brought to you by yeah. LaCroix. Yeah. LaCroix, yeah. <laughs> I just, well, I remember I put these in the freezer, uh, or one of them in the freezer, and I, I didn't want it to freeze. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I've had, I, mean, yeah. I could talk to you for another two hours. Honestly, I could. Oh, I, I know, and and that's why I don't take it personally. Especially me, I'm rambling. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't go out of my way to make friends or, or like the guy, the guy yesterday at the gig, for example. I don't talk really when I play, because uh, it, it depends on the audience. When the audience is really engaged, I'll give them like little nuggets of like maybe backgrounds to the writing, or I tell town jokes. Like Towns Van Zant taught me a lot of jokes, or like you know, I'll tell, I, I'll tell those. But I don't talk a lot. Like I have a very like Bob Dylan-y kind of like modern Bob Dylan presence where I just roll from the song because I know my like when I when I book gigs, I don't I don't take three hour gigs anymore. Even even when they even when they say, oh, we'll pay an extra. I don't do it. I, I said I said and I don't do it in an elitist way. I do it in a, like last year I was playing three hour gigs and I was exhausting my whole catalog and I was playing shit songs. and I didn't like it. I just mm-hmm. I, I, I said I said. I can give you a, I come out and I play about an hour, 10 minutes, take a 15 minute break. And then I play another, like I play a little more than two hours. Like, cause I'll play like maybe 45 minutes or an hour, but it's quality over quantity. And I don't really talk. I just keep rolling from song to song. Cause I know I have it all timed out. Right. But I do want you to come back when you get your album out and let's do an album review for it. And like I said, what I do on an album review, it's not like a typical album review. What we do is we listen to the songs and you tell me the story behind it. Fuck yeah. Man. I'm, what, I'm, 
I'm all about it. And that's uh, what I want to do because, like I said, with this, I could talk to you for another two hours, but I know when I try to edit this and put it in the anchor, it's not going to load. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really like I don't like sometimes I record things and and like I don't really I don't really care. Like I'm I'm just glad I did it and I got the songs out there. But like something like this, like I'm genuinely interested in you know hearing how this comes out because, like I said, it's just it's just a lot of fun talking to you and yeah. uh i gave you a lot to work with so <laughs> I know, we're not done yet. i'm gonna talk to you off here but i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this part of it up and stop recording sure. uh, so everybody that is drew kelly and this is the georgia songbirds thank you drew hey thanks jesse it was a pleasure to uh come on today and uh definitely looking forward to uh talking to you more down the road